And we're live. Another Austria Tomism roundtable. We got Belkov, we got Andrew, and we got Confidentilis. Grant. Grant, how you doing? My, my table is square. Is that all right? No, you got to get a table. Okay, well, but we'll be right back. Right now. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> wait, what no, do you mean good. this table is square? How's that a problem? It's a round table. A oh, okay, me, okay. Let me, let me forget I said that. My, my <laughs> English intuition still needs work. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Not my first language. Beautiful. We have some, we have something we're going to read off here, but we're going to wait for Demi to start before we read it. Um, yeah, he's he's scurrying around in the studio, finishing that's up his fine. stuff. So. How much do you know of Rousseau, Grant? Not a ton day. firsthand. Why? No, because this is a direct quote from Rousseau. It's from okay. Mahitan's Free Reformers, where he's tying a... You know, if you think Luther is arrogant, this quote from oh, Rousseau, yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah, we yeah, read yeah. last time, kind of blew us away. Yeah, like, like we're still reeling from it. <laughs> I'm still reeling from it, at least. I don't know about yeah. the other two. Oh my god, he, it was he is, insane. You, you got to give him like a backstory on <laughs> Rousseau first. Like, well, I know of Rousseau and I know why Rousseau matters. I just haven't read Rousseau. Uh, no yeah, no, idea. what matters is not exactly what he wrote, it's uh, his life here that matters. Oh, okay. And okay. this quote exactly. You know, abandoned five children, was criminally insane, uh, accused David Hume of trying to kill him like 10 different times. Wait, really? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh. Uh, I mean, really crazy stuff. Like he tried to get, I'm pretty sure he tried to get Hume arrested while Hume was sheltering him in England in his own home. Um, and all, all of Hume's friends, including Adam Smith, yes, that Adam Smith, were like, dude, what? get this guy the fuck out of here. And Hume was like, no, I have to help him. So uh, Rousseau was like the problem guy? Yes, yeah. very That's much That's to so. say the very least. <laughs> he, was yeah, like, very... he was the messy problem friend. He was like the, no, he, let me tell you, this dude was like really fucked in the head, like as a kid. Like he, yeah, he was abandoned by his parents uh -huh. and basically he was an orphan. And so he, ha so, so like the way he coped with it uh -huh. was just by, really really loving himself and building up his ego i mean just like breathtaking levels of egotism <laughs> I, I, and, and, and like until you like read like you gotta listen to that last episode that we just did like just after this and it's basically just me reading with like a few minutes of interjection well you have commentary. a nice voice it's good it's a yeah. it's a little audio it's a little audiobook good we're trying to cover a lot of Maritan over here, you know. Maritan and uh, Eric von Kudladen; those are the two guys we uh, cover the most. Yeah, I'm texting Jeremy again. <laughs> Get over did, here. Did you die? He certainly has a, a Kadiaka sense of time. Kadiaka being someone from Rio. Yeah, yeah. We were right thirty he's minutes late, and that's on time. He's literally Peruvian, so. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. it spreads to all of South America. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's worse in some places, better in others. Bahia, which is our northern states, even worse than us. Yeah. Anyway, we're here. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. excuse me. But uh, so rip Jeremy's Twitter. Someone said in the comments. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I still yeah. have. I actually took a copy of one of his quotes from that tirade. <laughs> You actually need to send me that because I made the mistake of he got suspended once before for attacking some other people. Uh -huh. And I, I, I had the foresight to screenshot all of it. 
Yeah, I didn't screenshot it. I literally just like copied it down and put it in my phone's notes. The copy pastas. <laughs> yeah, I can just read it out. Um, it, if it, YouTube it. won't completely destroy Go us. Go for it, man. We, we can we, redact, okay. redact quote, words. Quote, yeah. okay, buddy, and you're a retarded faggot who can't ever formulate proper arguments. Your beliefs are stupid, and you definitely have shown why. You truly don't matter. Don't matter. Have fun being a retarded loser, you pathetic piece of shit. <laughs> i didn't uh, get, get the one where yeah. he told uh, where he told repeal to end end himself yeah 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 i didn't get that one i got this one because that was just a funniest but, uh, one i, I don't always results. debate anarchists but when i do <laughs> when i do <laughs> i'm making that meme tonight no i had a bunch of uh also also, also i was a. Uh, also, tell me the memes on metaphysics uh, a couple <laughs> days ago. Them. I had a bunch of people commenting, "Oh, you find out you discover a new word," but I was just like only unsought the head back. Like, oh, you find out about a new word called metaphysics. I'm like, hell yeah, yes, I'm better than you now. I know one more word. Yeah, this is this is what I knew would happen if you figured out how to use Twitter. <laughs> I was tried. I tried to keep him off of it for a long time. <laughs> tried to dissuade him until it, it didn't matter. You try to shelter him from the world, but they grow up so quick. You're trying to shelter him from himself. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to shelter the world from him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need totally un, unredacted Jeremy. <laughs> we, need, we need to get him on true. He needs to go on a true social and just treat Donald Trump. I know. Should be on Telegram or something. I should be on true social just to follow Donald Trump. I can't believe I'm not doing that right now. Isn't Bird on true social? Oh, yeah. he, he was, I believe so. I yeah. mean, I remember in one of the TLE episodes, he said, uh, you know, his account was still being made or something, but he certainly signed up for it. I think he got <laughs> I, on. I think he got on it. Yeah, I also think he got on. I hope he got on. It's, it's, I should, I should exclusively use Truth Social. <laughs> I that should never sad. use Twitter again. He, he, I think when we were at the Trump rally, he, he, he plugged Truth Social like six times or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful, and he's like, "In truth, social, <laughs> you should all go sign up right now." Did uh, what's his name, Mike Lindell? Is that the my fellow guy? Did he plug Truth Social at any point? I don't know if he did. I, I don't have mm. a memory of that, so I don't think he did. Unfortunately, damn. damn. Wish he had a Twitter account. He Actually, should. no, he's probably been, they, they, he probably has suspended. and been suspended, right? Yeah, I yeah, he was suspended. So I'm saying uh, Trump, I mean, once again, VP should be Mike Lindell. Oh, I, I know. Mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Trump, yeah. Trump Mike yeah. Lindell ticket would be spectacular, be awesome. especially after being in the room and seeing how much command Lindell. No, had and the, they're both like crowd. incredibly successful mm -hmm. businessmen. They understand yep. each other a lot better than Trump and some other career politicians. Mm -hmm. Like that's just the way it is. I don't see how that could possibly be different. I, I need him to go debate like um, Pete Buttigieg when he becomes a VP uh, ticket. Oof. I mean, that's you can go Pete It's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> but butter Pete and the my pillow guy. Yeah. Like, no, Pete. listen. I like, go take his hand. Go to take his hand. Like no, no my monkey pox. He just walks away. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I don't. I don't debate monkey pox havers. Exactly. <laughs> Did he actually get monkey pox? Is that no, really something? No. Okay. Wouldn't be funny. That'd be funny. They would They give him. They give him monkey pox as like a. It's like a PSA thing. <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to give a straight guy impact. monkey pox as PSA. We're going to hire a straight guy to get monkey pox as like a, you they know, give everyone. Biden monkey pox. Yeah. See, no, <laughs> not just after COVID, non... after like his fifth bout of COVID or whatever it is, whatever number we're at. Oh, he's tested he gets, positive for monkey pox. Yeah, monkey pox. <laughs>
<laughs> that's how we're gonna get Kamala. He's gonna be indisposed, you know, the VP. They give it to both of them. They give it to like five people. <laughs> yeah, the lightning. They the recent lightning strike at the White House gave yeah. everyone their monkeypox. We don't know yeah. how it happened. Really, yeah, wrath were... of God. There's there is nothing stuff. going on. No, no, no event was attended wherein they all contracted monkeypox. What was it? Uh, that Madison, Madison Carson. Is he the guy in the wood tail? There's some like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He was the one that. who like, like slapped, grabbed, did a dick thing to his cousin or something. Yeah. He's also the one he said, um, like two weeks before that, like, he said he got invited to a bunch of like elite sex parties and people in Congress. Yeah. And I'm like, he's in a wood tail. That's, that's but that's part of it. Weird. That's, that's one of the things. Yeah. It's a kink party. That's so weird. Like, ooh, his legs don't work. He <laughs> <laughs> can't run. Uh, yeah. Take his wheelchair away from him. He can't run. What's I he just, gonna do? Crawl out? I would love nothing more than to see all the people who go to those get monkeypox and like walk into like you know, this, well, con- Congress starts down because I'll get monkeypox. It'd be incredible. Hell yeah. I mean, when it starts spreading amongst Congress, we're gonna know who the faggots are. <laughs> I think, yeah, someone said, oh, you know, we should actually just, you know, we shouldn't discourage monkeypox. We just stay quiet and then we'll know who the real closet cases are. Hell like yeah. very easily. Lindsey Graham, who saw that coming? <laughs> <laughs> He's fancy. He's a fancy dude. Man, Graham is so weird to me. I don't know. He's he's very weird. I, I don't like him. him. I, to, I can't ever remember what his face looks like. I can remember what his voice looks like perfectly. It looks a lot like, like, mel- <laughs> like melted butter. It has a very oh, melted yeah. butter look to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's still All right, so it's fine. Just do it. Just talk about whatever you're going to talk about. He'll he'll join later. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the Russo quote later. We, okay, so what yeah. what are we going to talk about, gentlemen? Because I have no idea. Oh, he does look like melted butter. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> Let me actually see. He looks Am like I a woman. He looks like a woman wearing a man's face as a skin mask. Is what he looks like. Yeah, especially in the lips. <laughs> oh man, you know he I mean? does. Oh yeah. It oh, looks, it's it looks like smile. a face That's stretched a over smile. That's face. a grimace. Yeah. Uh, Oof. Anyway. Yeah, yeah oh. his, fa- his face has too much mass to be one face. He's got it's yeah. like one stretched over another. Looks like a, a, a bad mask on. Because he's not fat. He's mm-hmm. not like a huge guy. His he's not like, he's not like JP is, Putzko. Hold on. No, his face is just huge. <laughs> Are you referring to that Trump tweet? Or am I insane? <laughs> <laughs> Look ugly with nipples protruding in a JP Putzko. Disrespect. Am I? My favorite tweet of his is still the, you know, uh, Coca-Cola is not happy with me. That's okay. I'll still keep drinking that garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen any person drink a Diet Coke or whatever. (laughs) The most relatable relatable Trump tweets ever. (laughs) Also very true. Oh, yeah. Every time I can say, no more soda, no more Coke. McDonald's, the Coke, so it's like a dollar. But I have like a dollar fifty because of the in place. But still, you can't, I can't go like more than four days out of Coke. You know, you gotta get one. Dang. Really, man? Yeah. I haven't had, I haven't had oh, a soda man. with sugar in it for years. Mm. I can so, go for like easily months just drinking milk, water, and tea. I thought you, I thought you were saying milk water. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like, what are they doing now in no. Brazil? God, no. What what what? What do you do down in Brazil drinking milk water? <laughs> where where would I get what what would be milk water? Because there's milk like all the milk. Water, water down milk. Water down milk. Pretty much it. Yeah. 
Is what is is a valve like they, a real they thing? They sell they sell you milk as a water meat? mixer. Are you for real? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you're one of, you're, you're, I don't you're know. One, I thought it might be a weird like you're, American. You're one of those, are you, aren't you? <laughs> you're one of those gullible people. I can tell you whatever I want. Sometimes, I heard, yeah. Hey, uh, but, hey, Bulge, I had a question. So I heard that uh, Brazilian politics is kind of like a mixture of like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Is that true? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. It's more got, true yeah. in certain time periods than others, but yeah, it's always true. <laughs> Pretty kinda, much. I, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to see that come here. Should I? Like, is it, is it as good as it sounds? <laughs> I mean, it's certainly a lot more entertaining, and I think I was listening to a few Contra Gentile's episodes, and Jeremy mentioned this, but like people in South America are just very honest about the level of corruption here. Oh, yeah. Americans mm-hmm. seem to kind of want to deny, and it's like, no, yeah. there is no yeah. South American I've ever talked to who says, no, that guy's an honest politician. It's like, yeah. re- it's always relative. He's like, yeah, of course, of course he's like embezzling the funds that he hired this contractor <laughs> to build a bridge, but at least he built the bridge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah. He built the sh- he built the shit. Yeah. So what? He gets like five percent of the of what he paid the company. Like, who cares? He built the fucking bridge and it works. It reminds me of like when um, what was it Italy? They were trying to cancel um, like also me trying to cancel Italy for having so many uh, mafia vibes in their politics. Mm-hmm. And they came out and like, no, 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 this is a code switch thing. You know, my grandfather gave the, <laughs> no, I give the mayor fist. My grandfather gave the mayor a bail of fist. Well, gonna, my my kids are gonna mail a, 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 a um. A bail of fists. You know, this is how it works here. They're just like cozy, defended, uh, bribing partisans. Because I heard like the, uh, you know, like in the last election, like, or like maybe one of the last few elections, like one of the candidates, you know, who was opposed, who was the, the, uh, you know, the opponent of Bolsonaro was actually like campaigning from prison where he'd been oh, like convicted. Yeah, he he'd been convicted, a... not like not accused, House like convicted arrest, <laughs> of he crime. Was in house arrest. Yeah. And then like some very <laughs> weird political stuff happens and now he's free and now he's campaigning against Bolsonaro again and he might win. He's like wow. the very he's like the all pretty much open communist guy. Yeah, because I was th- I was thinking like he's camp he's basically campaigning from like house arrest. So he's basically Joe Biden. But he's been president for eight years before yeah. Lula, by the way. <clears throat> and really? He's, the, he's also the openly communist guy. He's also like the completely neoliberal guy at the same time. Because he ha, talks a very weird. good communist game. But when he was president <clears throat> for eight years, he was the complete global homo neolib guy. Ew. Yeah. Really ew. Yeah, pretty much. What was yeah. he arrested for exactly? Uh Oh, man. He's Corruption. Like two years ago. <laughs> Basically... <laughs> Uh, but he set up like this uh, corruption system in Brazil, exactly, and it was it was found out by like because they arrested this one guy who was uh-huh. part of the network in like just like in a car wash because he was like doing something with a car wash, and it bec- and this and this just started a whole string of things because he revealed information about this guy who revealed information about this guy and. Like 50 arrests were made in politicians, something crazy like that. Like probably one of the biggest anti-corruption like scandals in any country by the amount of uh, dollars involved. It was like it's something to, you know, the tune of several bill, like mm-hmm. dozens of billions uh, over like stre- over a decade or more. I need I'd actually need to look into it again. But man, it was I was I was impressed. 
both Man, by that, the people who caught them and <laughs> just the sheer scale of it. Uh, you know, tens of billions. I mean, I, that's ambitious for like a, a country the size of Brazil. Hell yeah. I mean, we're a fairly large economy because we're a large country. Like per capita, yeah. we're not that good but when you just factor in the size of the country like fifth largest land mass in the world like yeah. it's pretty damn big like you can you can get a lot more money than you think no i can i can see it jeremy's here but not switching his camera <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think i heard him like settle down yeah he's still not <laughs> so like so like you think Bolson- <laughs> so like you think uh bolsonaro is not gonna do well or uh i'm mixed i'm not sure i really hope he does i'm on team bolsonaro uh but i'm not so sure because i don't have my ear to the ground i'm really not paying attention when i should or at least you know if i wanted to know which i kind of do i mean speaking of like new liberalism and and global homo how much does like the uh you know i mean that there's you know cycles in politics of left right left right and Uh it looks it looks like here in america we're entering a right wing end of the cycle and mm-hmm. yeah, we're exiting a very left wing that's been we've been in since like two thousand five ish. And mm-hmm. you know, like d- d- does a, in the Anglosphere, they, it usually follows along these cycles. I was wondering, is it does it have the same thing in the? Uh, you guys are a little more Portuguese. You're not like Anglo. But, uh-huh. uh Yeah. Is it, um, you know, do you, does it follow any sort of cycle? And uh, like, where do you think Brazil is on that uh, cycle? Uh. Kind of. It's usually, uh, let's see, like Bolsonaro is definitely a more rightward push because PT, which is the Workers' Party, have been in power for basically 16 years because mm-hmm. after Lula, it was Juma for about seven years and then her vice president, which was from another party because we have like 35 political parties. Uh, we don't have just the two and it's a yeah. big mess. Uh, and... So Bolsonaro is definitely more right-wing push. If Bolsonaro gains power, then I'd say, yeah, we've... And he doesn't immediately become unpopular because of some catastrophe that happens or whatever. Then, yeah, I'd say we'd have entered a right-wing cycle. But you've got to remember, our republic is like uh, from, like... It's like made in the 1980s. It's made in the 1980s. Because before that, we had a... Like it's a dictatorship technically, like a military junta. We didn't yeah. have just one dictator, it was like a cycle. So no not really any of them had a cult of personality. The and then we had a republic before that, and then before that another dictatorship, and then a republic before that, and then before that, like another dictatorship. And oh, yeah. then before monarchy a republic and a monarchy. Oh uh, uh, yeah, republics always end in dictatorship. I mean, that's like how the, the game is set up. And like, two of the definition. different dictatorships were by the same guy. <laughs> he like became a dictator and then there was a republic and then he's like actually no i'm i'm in power and then it became a republic and then he became president for eight years and then a few years later like he killed himself or whatever um i actually do think he killed himself i don't we do I have everyone here jeremy, jeremy has to say a hi because he came in here he wasn't switching the camera and then he punched his topo chico and then topo chico got all over the table so he had to leave again <laughs> and then clean it up Mm. <laughs> now we're here. Here, he's present. Okay. Well, God, if you would, would you read the uh, quote we had prepared? Wait, wait, wait. We we need to set up what he's listening to as well. Yeah, Grant knows. But uh, can Jeremy hear us? Oh uh, yeah, I could hear you. Oh okay. Yeah. So, how much do you know of Rousseau and his life, Jeremy? His personal life, I actually don't know too much. The only the only thing I really know about him is Emil, mm-hmm. and um, what is Emil? 
his one of his major works on a lot of yeah people. his treatise on the education yeah. of children which yes. is very oh, ironic oh, no. incredibly yes, yeah. ironic he wrote <laughs> that after five of them he and he wrote a meal after abandoning the third one yes <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah and that's pretty <laughs> my 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 extent of of rousseau and i've never really found mm-hmm. emile impressive or yeah interesting yeah. and so yeah. i mean he, he is a case example of why the church has you know is right to teach that we need to, you know, just ban divorce secularly. <laughs> we, <laughs> yes, why yeah. we need to ban child abandonment? Like that needs to be like, like yeah. I don't know, I don't know about like putting them in jail for that, but like you know, public lashings is you know right. would be appropriate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, know, sure, yeah. you abandon if you're a father, you abandon your kid. You probably need like forty lashes. And they'll tattoo a penis on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I but, like it. That's the reason, yeah. the reason I ask is because we did a live reading of uh, uh, Jacques Maritain, the Catholic philosopher of the 20th century, okay. uh, of his book, The Free Reformers, where he talks about Luther, Descartes, and Rousseau as basically the reformers and makers of the modern world. It's a relatively mm, okay. short book. It's like 75 pages. The rest, yeah. the other like 60 are just his notes. So just his annotations and footnotes. Um, but mm. it's very interesting because it's, he condemns them in the strongest language possible, but it basically is for the most part a psychological analysis of what these people are so we had read the luther and descartes part and then we got to the rousseau part and we didn't think anyone could top luther in terms of arrogance we were like okay this (laughs) is you know no no one can top this guy but then we found (laughs) this quote from the confessions and allow me to read quote it's a fairly it's one paragraph long so uh, just uh, you know hang on quote let the trumpet of the last judgment sound when it will i shall come to appear before the sovereign judge with this book the confessions in my hand i shall say boldly this is what i have done what i thought what i was i have told with equal candor good and ill have shown myself just as i was contemptible and vile when i was so good and generous and sublime when i was so i reve- i have revealed my heart as it was in your eyes eternal being gather round me the countless multitude of my fellow creatures let them hear my confessions let them lament my infamies let them blush for my meanness let each of them in his turn disclose his heart at the foot of your throne with the same sincerity and then let the one of them say if he dare i was better than that man <laughs> which is an insane <laughs> quote <laughs> which is like insane. imagine a guy who says that unironically if, if anybody was better than me <laughs> after this guy's like you know like betraying his his best friend trying to get him arrested and did you know that, did you know that he was like trying to get hume arrested when he was staying with him and stuff no yeah, did you say that he thought hume was trying to kill him yeah he was fully convinced <laughs> that hume was plotting well, to i mean kill he's him. a hume is a scotsman isn't he <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't trust a son of a bitch either <laughs> i mean even adam smith was te- adam smith who was hume's best friend was telling him hume cut the shit out just get this guy out of your house he actually he's gonna get a knife and kill you one day <laughs> and he was like no i have to help him he says he's persecuted in france he wasn't really no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he should have been should have been should have been should have been 
but wow. he wasn't really. And eventually, eventually he left of his own accord, but he did try to, he basically was telling everyone he could that Q was poisoning his food, trying to kill him, <laughs> like gaslighting him. <laughs> It's not that surprising for some reason. I, I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. yeah I think, think Martin later went on and said that Lusso and Rousseau are both basically prophets. Like he called them In both. Um... Yeah, I'll, I'll t- I actually mm, have okay. the quote here. Yeah. Let us say that because he's using basically, okay, so I'll just read the full quote. So the ancients agreed that certain men are gifted with a faculty of natural prophecy. In this sense, that they are disposed to receive and perceive in their soul the influences of higher cosmic agents. Let us say that such men are prophets of the spirit of the world, prophets of below, who concentrate in their heart the influences which work in the deeps of wounded humanity during a whole epoch. They then proclaim the age which is to follow them, and at the same time discharge on the future with prodigious strength those influences which have found their unity in them. In this sense, Luther and Rousseau do seem to be prophets. Have they the intellectual conviction, spiritual illumination, the example of a heroic personality? No. (laughs) Is is what Mahitan says. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mahitan is fantastic. I definitely do agree with the idea that there are prophets. I think I've, sp- I've spoken with that at length as many Protestants as that, you know, j- just, I guess, in the general sense that we mean prophets, we don't necessarily, I mean, the Old Testament prophets aren't the only prophets that has ever existed. I mean, there's many mm-hmm. prophecies from, from a variety of people, but there is, there is a belief inherently that, that, that one has to say that they have a certain special message or I guess a certain special connection with, with, with God that, um, that they're kind of un- unfolding and unveiling to to um, to the rest of the people, and so when once you begin to follow that, you are following a prophecy and a prophet, and so yeah, I, I could definitely see that, and and I do think Rousseau is very influential in that way. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think that, that that that's an insane statement either, because no, like, like for example, my, my wife was um, getting her master's in education in Belgium as well, mm-hmm. um, while I was doing my my uh, my master's and my my PhD coursework in uh, in Belgium. And all the education departments always use Emil as a model first and mm-hmm. foremost. And um, from that model, they could have different theories. So when you look at most contemporary ed- education theories, they're all derived from Emil. They're all derived from Rousseau. It, it, it's as if he spoke truth. And then from there, you could unpack the truth in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a more in different varieties of ways. And so whenever you see these um, more, uh, contemporary forms of education, like what is that one called, where you don't Mont- have a teacher, Montessori. like Montessori, yeah. when you have uh, mm-hmm. all of them, they're all derivatives of Rousseauian um, thoughts and ideas, hmm. which is um, which is interesting, but yeah, and unfortunate, but yes, oh, yeah. very much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, pretty much all social contract theory is, uh, or any like that I've seen other people do because I didn't really study that, or yeah. am not studying that in university that I've seen of other friends of mine do is basically just Rousseau. Like they have to read Rousseau's social contract and then comment yes, on it, yeah. maybe compare with other texts, but really the foundation is an exegesis basically of Rousseau's social it contract is. and what he means by this. Yes. Yeah, so like his text is taken nearly biblically in many academic circles and, and it's bizarre because I, I honestly don't know why, like be, be beyond the fantasy that he kind of, uh, presents as being nearly beautiful because because mm-hmm. it's all fantastic right? anybody that has ever dealt with kids you know I, 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 I have a shit ton of kids and so like I know the way kids are 
Their kids don't <laughs> thirst for knowledge. No, they don't. Right? <laughs> they thirst for video games. I have not been food. around a single one of your children who <laughs> yes. thought any of them thirsted. No, for they knowledge. don't. Yeah, they, they want they, fantasy. They do, right? Exactly. <laughs> they, they they like cartoons or they like um whatever. They like to exert their power. You know, they're they're like little shitheads sometimes. You know, the little the little yeah. mafia boss running and like yes, like yeah. butting me in the gut and like yes, kicking yes. me in the crotch. Like <laughs> she thirsts for knowledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to know things. <laughs> and so all these like theories that you present, <laughs> whether it's political theory or academic theories or whatever, it's all presented with this fundamental notion that human beings are always thirsty for the good in a way you could say that scholastics will say ultimately they they are right all things tend towards the good right they are yes that doesn't mean but but it it doesn't mean therefore necessarily that that these individual people especially children Mm -hmm. have the good in mind and if you just left them without any authority they're just going to gravitate towards knowledge, towards beauty, and towards everything. It's like that. No, they need to be guided. Well, they'll beat each other to death. They will because they have, <laughs> yes, well, yeah, we have appetites over like cookies or something, or something, mm-hmm. something ridiculous. Yeah. So, so especially if you have a bunch of women. I mean, I have, I have five girls in a row. Mm-hmm. You put five girls in a room and you walk away without parenting. <laughs> one no. of them, one of them, will end up the yeah, only one I've alive. Yeah. Right? Yes. The yeah. other ways will be enslaved and or killed. It's just the way enslaved. Because yeah, enslaved it's, by their sister. They're yeah, they're they're insane. And if you're a bunch of boys, so me, I, I grew up with um two older brothers. Mm-hmm. When if my when my parents were like gone shopping, we just ended up kicking each other's asses. Yeah. If we're if we're playing like FIFA on on you know on Super Nintendo back then it was. Mm-hmm. Well, you know we're playing FIFA and then my brother beats me, so I punch him in the arm because I get pissed. You know, then he punches me back and then we kind of wrestle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that. that that's what happens. Thirsting for knowledge. <laughs> yes. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like with with Rousseau is like it, it, he's almost like fantastical in yeah you know, his uh in how he reads and very utopian. Yeah, yeah, he created a noble savage myth, which is basically yeah. this, but applied to children. Yes, you know, yeah. or or the opposite, or vice versa. I should say this applied to adults. Yeah, yeah, which is what he fancied himself at a certain point. When I think uh, Mahitan says, you know, the madness took over, and he just lived in his dreams. Where he's like, I mean, I'm not virtuous. He would say, I'm not virtuous, but I am the good itself. <laughs> yeah, he was, and he would. He, I mean, Raritan also called him like uh, Descartes' angel, acting like a beast. Yeah, Rousseau's oh, man okay. is Descartes' angel, acting like a beast. So I, <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> that is, yes. Yeah, Ma- Maritan yeah. is fantastic. It's, when he yeah. writes, it's, it's accurate. It's all get out, and then also yeah. it's, it's beautiful to be like. I was uh, what's the book? Um, I gotta I read should, that. Who? who is yeah, that? it's the free reformers. Maritan, the reformers. Okay, and his oh, big okay. book is uh, "Degrees of Knowledge," his epistemology book, which is in oh, scholastic okay. epistemology. Um, so when, when when was he around? Like when did he write those? Was it the sixties, seventies, or twenties? Uh, I think early before yeah, that. Early, I think. Early, uh, 20s, he died in the seventies, right? He looks like a less well-fed um, Heidegger. Oh, okay. <laughs> in his yeah. old age, yeah, he, he died in nineteen seventy-three. Young man. Oh, okay, so yeah. probably in the twenties and thirties. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was twenty. Yeah, he died in seventy-three, so probably before then. I believe Free Reformers was written in the fifties or published in the fifties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but by Ru- Descartes' angel, because uh, he compares Descartes' anthropology to how Aquinas describes angels. That is, the doctrine of mm. clear and distinct ideas is right, something yeah, yeah. that is true 
but true of angels because they grasp because all of the knowledge of the cosmos or whatever they can grasp is in them already. They don't have sensory abilities, which they use right. to perceive the world. They just have it in them already. And then they know the world through that. So that's right, why yeah. he ties it back because the Descartes chapters before this, Rousseau is the last part. So that's why he ties it back with Descartes angel acting like a beast. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now now I really want to read him. I probably will just download that book if they have it. Uh, yeah, and it's only, I think, yeah, yeah, if you literally just yeah, search maybe. up Jacques Maritain, Free Reformers, PDF. Jacques Maritain. Jacques Maritain. The much better Jacques. Argentine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Degrees of Knowledge, he spends like five pages basically writing a poem about the beauty of metaphysics before actually <laughs> engaging in uh, metaphysics yeah, yeah. and epistemology. It's, it's a lot of fun to read. Very French. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. He's also, he's also uh, the interview with Joe Biden when he was asked who is his favorite like Catholic like single he said Jacques Maritain. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> so, like he clearly hasn't read him. Clearly <laughs> not. Um, but Jacques Maritain was apparently influential in like some like Geneva Convention rights UN stuff, and that's how he's like popular yeah. like some liberal circles, and so they they reference him as like dear guy, and I'm like yeah, because he apparently like he's helped. not your guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's not really their no. guy, especially if you just read this book. But he, uh, <laughs> I think he even says like executioners are necessary in the social order. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Hell yeah! I think he says like, look, the order of charity of supernatural grace perfects this order where executioners are necessary, which is the political order. But you're not yeah. going to get rid of the political order; you need it. So you know, don't yes, yeah, yeah. basically as a yeah. rebut to uh, Rousseau's utopian dreams. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, there are some good. people who are just meant to be slaves, and yes, that we yeah. just have to accept that. I mean, again, I'm all for owning the libs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I, I even will push push as far as what um what Plato says, where I think the majority of people just need to be enslaved. It, it, it's yeah. just the it's just the <laughs> okay, way that that far, they're kind but... of built. Like you could have a hierarchy of slaves, right? I think there's more ones that have no have very very limited capacity of knowledge at all but but overall most people th this is why i think most people want to be employed is because they, they want to be under some kind of authority and and um because if yeah. that wasn't the case i think we would just have like nations full of entrepreneurs with mm -hmm. no employees it's like that's not going to exist because that kind of that that sense of of authority um, mm -hmm. That you gain it through through entrepreneurship is is I think very limited to a certain group yes. of people, mm -hmm. and but the the majority of them just really they need to and that's why in Belgium for example they they have very low anxiety due to professions than compared to the U.S. I because, think almost everywhere does except for yeah East Asia right yeah because they 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 basically have tracking systems by the age of twelve they really kind of know what they're going to do in their career. Um, they could invest their time into it uh, since the universities are, are essentially paid through the taxation. You know, you just have to, but the one thing I do like about that is that um, it, it's, it, they, they pay more attention to your ability to know things rather than how much you could pay them. And, and so <laughs> I think in American universities, the downside is that it's all, it's more like a customer. Um, yes. An employee it's not a relationship. student master relationship. It's it an isn't, employee yeah. customer. Yeah, That's what I discovered yeah. when I went to Canada. It's very much that, at least it for is, a yeah. foreign students. Canada? Why are you in Canada? 
I, I was studying in Canada before, partly because I have family there, partly because they were highly ranked in the area I wanted to study for, especially mm. for employment yeah. afterwards. And then I decided to just go to like the equivalent of the best university for my area in Brazil. And I decided to just do that. Yeah. It's and it's, and it's really better. is better that way because it, it was the same thing. It, the, the, like um, Caillou Leuven is is equivalent like to the Ivy League schools, but but in in um, in Belgium and yeah. in many mm-hmm. parts of Western Europe. And um, I just preferred it more because when you go there, it has you. I mean, you pay nine hundred euros. Yeah, you're, you're not making anybody rich with your mm-hmm. with your investment in there, right? Yeah. And so the teachers have no problem just failing you. And yep. so, like, you actually have to be really good in order to excel. If you're not, mm-hmm. it's like they don't care whether you come from a lineage. Like, there's one guy who who was um the child uh, the, the the son of um a Supreme Court justice here in the U.S. And he was in the same program as me and he failed out because he, he got a, cause he's a dummy. He got a 15 out of 20. <laughs> uh-huh. the, the grading system there is a 20 scale. Um, there's only been, there's been, there's not have been that, that university has been there since the 1500s. Yeah. Not one person's ever got a 20 out of 20. Yeah. Okay. There's only, <laughs> there's only been, I think they said two people that got a 19 out of 20 and, and, and like a, a certain number that got 18. And I'm one of them that actually got 18 out of 20 there. And so wow, you're such a genius. So 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 getting those kind of grades is mostly it's all due to your your work, like how much mm-hmm. time you put into it, whether you've done sufficient research and whether you're good at good at you know whatever topic that you that you're kind of discussing. Mm-hmm. When I when I go to when you go to school here in the US, everything is transactional. Yeah. And yeah. so the way the way that the students do it is like they kind of add up their points. And they're like, I did this assignment, this one, this one, this one, which means I should get an A. Yes. And it's yeah. it's ridiculous. Over there, there's no assignments. Yeah. You have one paper, normally either one one or two papers. You have a midterm and a final paper. Or God, you have a final fantastic. exam. Yes. Yeah. And and it's just like, <laughs> and so if you fail that final exam, which is your entire grade, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And for them, failing is getting a 15 out of 20, which mm-hmm. is equivalent like to a B minus or a C plus. Mm-hmm. Boom, you're out. You're, you're out of the master's program at that point. And so oh, it's, I would um, have loved that. I yes, hated yeah. the, some of the, my you know, having are like that. Some are not. Some are more transactional. Vova teachers have a less transactional attitude. But some, yeah. like I think my history class, my history class so far have been really good. Where they just have like two essays. You know, these are the text. Yeah. We're going to talk about the text. You in class, you can just interrupt me in my lecture, and yep. we'll talk about it. We'll just uh, discuss. And you know, here are my slides. Here are my notes. And then you're going to write an essay on this, this, and this text. And the next essay is going to be on this, this, and this text. Uh, do yeah. it well, or you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's really good it was lovely it was my i loved that class oh me too yeah i i loved um studying over there for, for that reason then we had some of them had oral exams so the oral oral exam you have to like wait and wait outside and then they bring you in and um and then the the they would ask you certain questions and you don't know what the fuck they're gonna ask you yeah, yeah. it's it could be anything from the entire semester but it's normally like essential questions like you know yeah. the basic the, the the fundamental ideas of whatever they taught and then you you're supposed to have a conversation with them and expand on the ideas mm-hmm. and so it, it was actually really really intense and really really good mm-hmm. um and what benefited me was the difference so when i did my first master's is back in 2005 and i was still a kid then i was like mm-hmm. 20 what 22 that terrified me. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I have to go in front of these people and just, and just, and just do this. I didn't do too well there. But then when I came back in 2014, um, since I had uh, like uh, so many years of sales, so many years of other professions, mm-hmm. that no longer was terrifying. It was like, yeah, I'm just going to go in there and discuss. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a panel of three professors. And, um, and then we just, we just talked about it there, you know, and mm-hmm. then, then you're just m- much more confident and they, they appreciate it. But it, like th- those kinds of life skills that it teaches you, I think is, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's a better measurement of your knowledge. 
rather than asking you an obscure fill in the bubble question that you know yeah. what 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 hat was the mouse wearing it's like fuck fuck you you know it, <laughs> it, it's like so much oh me too that's, yes that's, yeah oh my oh i <laughs> I, I talked to a mathematician and a computer scientist who's yeah. just a troll on twitter i've talked to him about this where he decided that oh i'm gonna do a few questions of this and what he found out it's basically what you the skill is cut out all the bullshit all the noise yeah. find out what they're asking you it's actually this very simple stuff and then do it you're yes, not actually yeah. being tested on your knowledge. You're being Nothing. tested. On, can you cut out the bullshit and find out what they actually are asking from you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Knowledge. speaking of uh, education, I looked it up. Uh, Zach Martin also wrote a book on education. Oh, education. He wrote like eighty books. Um, <laughs> education at the crossroads: yeah. A critique of America's education system. Oh, oh he's wow. just like me. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a uh, yeah, book on like Arn Scholastic is one of his best books, I think. It's um yeah, he has he has so many books and he has a, a very funny approach though, which uh you know you Grant and Jeremy will probably mm-hmm. like because he kind of just assumes you understand the basics of scholastic scholastic metaphysics. Okay. Like his book Approaches yeah. to God is a very short book, it's like a hundred pages, and yeah. there's in the middle he discusses he discusses Aquinas's five ways, and before that he has a, a phenomenological intuitionist way to God about the intuition of being that there is something higher than you under underlying all of reality and then he talks about other ways after the aquinas but he kind of just assumes you understand metaphysics when he gets into aquinas he's like yeah, yeah by the way final yeah. cause yeah final causes and then he doesn't explain what final causes are and <laughs> i read it before before i got it before i read phaser's scholastic metaphysics yeah. i understood some of it and then i read phaser's scholastic metaphysics like oh this makes sense now oh yeah. also, that, it's, it's just it, it page. sounds insane he- he proves God this was a, a graph. This is a <laughs> graph. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this is a, this is actually a really good representation of the uh, what's is it the order uh, what is it the proof of change? What's it called? Yeah, well, I was about to ask about the problem of change. Oh, the yeah, problem, that's change, problem yeah. of change. Oh, yeah. Can you explain says, that? Like, <laughs> me, well, I was going to explain the graph, but yeah, I guess Jeremy and Grant would be way better at the problem. Yeah, of I was going to ask right? Jeremy if he could explain. Yeah, that. yeah. So yeah, the problem of change is, is pretty interesting, and so that's um. That is um, how do you account for the uh, the phenomena of your relation with change and the uh, rationale behind it, and and that's really where where it stems from. Because so when they say problem, they mean like a mathematical problem, not so much that they have an issue with change, and, and so mm-hmm. so so it's that they uh, that, that essentially we 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 all experience this process of change, but that change in a way makes no real sense because when when something changes, it, it ceases to be what it was prior to its change. And so, okay. so when you move an object like from 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 this point to to this point, it, it necessarily entails that it is no longer in this point. And so, and so it, it encompasses this idea of not that that is incomprehensible because not refers to nothing. And so, when something is nothing, how how can you comprehend the state of nothingness when when nothing is only understood in association of something? And so, when 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 you say that there is nothing there, it, are you are you really saying is that it is it is a privated reality? There is it is lacking something. And so, um, and so with the ancient Greeks, um, the issue was how, how do you, how do you, how do you um, synthesize this? Right? How, how can you comprehend the, pro- the, the reality of change when it really always brings about an incomprehensible, incomprehensible idea of nothingness? And so that, um, and so the, the, the two main figures that, that I think many his, histori- history of philosophers kind of look at is um, Heraclitus and Parmenides' solution. And so, so Heraclitus' solution is that well, there, there is no constant state of being that moves from point A to point B. There's only change and flux, 
and that um, that any kind of universals in a way is is fantastical. It's 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 only fabricated by the mind. Um, when when in reality, thing, there is never one substance that moves through time. Um, and then the Parmenides solution is to say that that um, particularities and change and flux is an illusion, and there's only oneness of being, there's a totality, and so on, there are only universals and there are no particulars. And, and and I think what I find interesting about this problem of change is that it, I think it, it it becomes formulated in a variety of different ways, even throughout history, right? And especially what you see after the the collapse of um, scholastic and Aristotelian uh, ideas and the rise of the more modern ones. That's essentially what the debate ended up happening, because because once you have this dualistic view of reality, particularly universals that don't really have any relation to one another. You have to say that one of them is manifestly more real, while the other one is, is relatively more illusory. And and, and um, even in contemporary physics, we we run into this problem, right? And so you so so when when you have um the 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 understanding that we we exist in this world that is multiplicity and change, that that it has all this um potencies that 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 can be actualized, we come up with theories of multiverse, for example, that that encompasses every possibility, every probability for the for this for the um, potential states of electrons um, in order to posit that this one world in which we exist exists. And so it, it's it's similar to it's similar to that that we kind of encounter encountering now is that we have this phenomena, we have this phenomena of change of particularities, and, and yet we we also comprehend that it is still the same sub substance as moving through time, even though it has nothingness always entailed with it. It's as if it is always coming in and out of existence. And so when you, when you talk to many um, physicists, this is what they say about the placements of electrons, is that it comes in and out of existence mm -hmm. constantly. And, um, and that though, what is it that then begins to actualize that, right? Some of them say it's, it's the observer. And so the observer then actualizes its placement, which makes the observer God in this way. Um, mm -hmm. And and so this is the same kind of issues, except formulated differently. That that I think Parmenides, Heraclitus, and the ancients were were attempting to tackle, and it didn't really become resolute until um, Aristotle. Mm -hmm. And so Plato was a precursor to its resolution, but it still wasn't fully there because of the third man problem that you have with the, with the world mm -hmm. of forms. Um, and so what what Aristotle did was he wanted to take a step back and essentially say, well, maybe our comprehension of change is what's it's what's flawed here is that change really isn't the derivation of non-being to being or from being to non-being rather change is the actual actualization of potential that already exists in the object that's existing and and, and so that's why the doctrine of act and potency actualization of potentiality was so important through throughout after aristotle through through um the med medieval period until you really see the rejection of it in the 1500s um, because that really resolved that problem, that resolved the problem of, of that change. Uh, that, that's why for, for my doctoral um, uh, thesis, that, that was my, my main argument. It was that the reason why we have incongruity in our understanding of the fundamental principles of reality right now is because we want to deny the principle of active potency. The, you know, the, I, I honestly think that the, the solution for, um, for, for lining up um, quantum mechanics as well as uh, the theory of relativity is to posit that there is pure act in which actualizes its states of reality rather than positing an infinite amount of universes. And, and once you do that, you do, you do really solve this problem of change. You solve this problem of particulars and universals. And, and, and I think that's, um, it's something that when you reject Aristotle always creeps back up 
and and you can't really escape it because you become either dualistic or nominalistic. So um, why was it uh, rejected? I mean, was that that was that the nominalism that I'd uh, say it was ignored historically in the fifth, after the fifth after the sixteenth century, right? I believe that's Caesar's yes. Alexander. Yeah, but but it, it also was deliberately um, rejected. Mm, if I didn't you know read that. someone like like Martin Luther, Martin Luther deliberately rejected. Oh, yeah, as a result, it was a result of banning it was Catholic metaphysics. From, yes, because yeah, mo that's true. most of that was Christianized. But 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 he hated Aristotle. I mean, Martin Luther was no fan of Aristotle or the ancient Greeks. He, he, he claimed that the papists were essentially um, being pagans by reading these people and that we, I mean, we ought not to encounter with them. I think he said if he didn't know better, he'd say the devil put Aristotle there to fuck us over, basically. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something to that effect. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like how he'd word it. <laughs> yeah. How does this uh, problem of change uh, kind of like prove the ex existence of God? Because I remember you guys yeah. were talking about that in one episode. Yeah, and, and so... It, it it leads up to it because once you understand the solution, and I think Aristotle's solution is the most proper, um, then you then you function within a world that that you don't have to posit other things besides the world that exists, right? Mm -hmm. There 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 is no thinghood to potential anymore now now or the thinghood to um, constant flux and change. Nor nor do you have to reject a particular world and just say you know the Parmenides oneness you know that that almost goes back to like the um, not go back but but I think that like Parmenides solution is displayed a lot with Hindu thought it, it's like everything is Brahman and that we're, we're mm -hmm. all simply a part of Brahman and, and that that's essentially what what Parmenides solution was but Aristotle's solution was truly unique because it wasn't it wasn't nominalistic per se nor nor was it dualistic per se. That 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 it solved it by saying that both are real, that the universals and particulars are real, mm -hmm. that change is real and constancy is real. And how do you how do we go about that? Is that you have to bring in a third principle, and the third principle is potential reality. And so rather than just looking at being and non-being, the way the men the quantum mechanics kind of look at it right now, is that you bring in potential reality, and potential reality exists in whatever is in, in, in an actual state of being. Mm-hmm. And so that's why things can't just be anything. And, and, and so the reason why it can't be anything, because, for example, this, you know, can, can be potentially completely blue. And the way we, that we do that is because there's certain properties that it contains in which I could spray paint it or I could do whatever, right? We could get into the details, but we, we don't really have to for the example. Um, the same thing that like this can potentially be an object to be a weapon. Right now it's an option for, you know, for... Uh, for drinking, but you know, if I break certain things off and I put the tip, I could stab somebody in the neck. Now, 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 I made a potential, but but it has to exist in its reality in order to be potentially a weapon. And so, understanding bringing in potential reality is what is what completely changed the outlook of this problem. That now we can coherently comprehend that this reality is real. This is not illusory. Now, Parmenides is wrong. This is not illusion. Um, and then constancy and and um, uh, and, tran and transcendentals or, or universals are real um, because there are, there is something actually in, in existence right now that it is partaking. And so once, once you, you could kind of begin with the axiom after that, you could begin with the axiom that this world is real and that the things that happen in this world are actually happening. Mm -hmm. Now I don't have to bring, pull out the illusion card anymore. So and how would is, you, uh, how would you differentiate a potential a potentiality from non-being? Because well, it, potentiality yeah. is, but it's not actual in that it could be. Yeah, because potentiality again, 
requires an object that's already existing for mm-hmm. it to be potentially something. Okay. Yeah. Like it, 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 again, it isn't that it could be potentially anything. It's always, it's always contextual to the thing existing. Okay. It's rather so it's than like some form of actuality. Okay. It's, right. a con- it's okay. a contingent reality. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that and that, that principle because because even for Newtonian physics, it's helpful for to have like potential energy. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of potentiality is a very strong one, and I think it's just an accurate one. You see something, yes, it can't be potentially other things. That's where we could alter it. We could change it, and, and that when you're changing it, you're not eradicating it, it, more so that you are actualizing something already in it. And mm-hmm. so when this object moves from point A to point B, it isn't so much that it went from from um, being to non-being back to being. Rather, there's already existing properties in this object and in the space in which it, it exists that could, that it can flow potentially to the other side. And so you're not you're not abolishing its existence. Rather, you're actualizing something already contained. Yeah, like Placement isn't an essential quality. Yeah. And so yeah, the, the, that's what. Um, but there are, there are essential properties for 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 act and potency. And that, that, that's the one that leads to God actually. Yeah. And so when you have these accidental, accidental changes, it's, it's explanations are always material. There, there's always something in reality that, that is actualizing this change. That's already in a state of actuality. And so if this moves from point A to point B in this particular example, that this particular example, it, it doesn't necessi- necessitate my hand, but what you're seeing right now necessitates my hand in order for it to move. So I'm moving mm-hmm. from here to there because my hand is something already in state of actuality. And then, 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 then you could say what, what, what causes that is the firing of the neurons to, to the hand and so on and so forth. Um, all, m- many of those things are accidental series of changes. But then we also can notice that there are essential series of changes. And this part is, is what's more important because for Aquinas, he says that it's a matter of faith that we believe that the universe, that the universe, that the world had a beginning. You see, he believed rationally you cannot deduce or induce the beginning of the universe. Mm-hmm. That, there, that, that, that at time T or time X, there was the Big Bang that created. He, 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 would, he would say, well, that's something unknowable. Um, that, that's always going to be a matter of faith. But he, what he says that the thing that is, un, that is knowable, because all those things are accidental series of changes, right? Whether there's a mm-hmm. Big Bang or whether there's a collision of whatever um, that expands the universe, uh, those are accidental. They, they're not necessary for, for it to function. They're just the, it just so happens that is the way that it happened. Um, but there are essential things to make something what it is. Mm-hmm. And so like the, the, the study of chemistry does essential, essential um, series of changes. Mm-hmm. Rather, for example, what is it that makes water? Mm-hmm. You would say it's H2O, right? The, 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 mm-hmm. the, the hydrogen atoms um, and the oxygen atoms. Um, formulate in a certain way that that puts that structure and then you ask yourself well what is holding those atoms together or then you say the subatomic particles okay what is holding the subatomic particles together those are necessary series of changes necessary series of act and potency and it's, it is only from that kind of observation where you would where you necessitate for you to say well fundamentally when you when you break something down to its pure potent state, or um, the way Aristotle says is prime matter. When you break it down and try to observe prime matter, what you observe is nothing in the end, is, is emptiness. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, what is that's holding all of that together is a pure state of, uh, of act. And a pure state of act that has no potency is what allows any of these things to be hold, held together at all. And so fundamentally, what, what Aquinas then concludes is that this pure act, or actus poros, is what we call God. This is what we define as Deus, the first principle. 
because that is something that can't be rationalized. That's something that we can know, that there is a pure state of act that allows anything to be at all. And, and so all things are partaken at it at all times. It, it, it isn't a temporal argument the way Paley's argument. It is a here and now hierarchical structural argument. Um, and, and I think that that's a much more powerful argument in the end, because what else would it be? Would mm-hmm. it just be uh, an infinite amount of, of, of potentialities? I mean, that could be a conclusion, but the reason why that becomes absurd is because then there's no beginning to that. And then you're positing, again, something eternal um, w- w- without saying what that eternality is. Mm-hmm. You're kicking the can down road, basically. You are, yes. solving the problem. You're just pushing it further down. Yeah. So uh, why is it then that the, uh, the Eastern Orthodox, they reject Actus Purus? Are they just uh, misunderstanding uh, time Some or something? Some of them reject yeah, natural theology. I think it's just, the think it's just arrogant yeah. to think you can know that at all. Most do. From what yeah. I've heard, yes. Not all. I think like there's a few philosophers like uh, Richard Swinburne, but they uh, they don't accept scholastic metaphysics. They accept, you know, more analytic, because Swinburne was an analytical philosopher who converted mm-hmm. to orthodoxy mm-hmm. in the 90s uh, from Anglicanism. But uh, how is yeah, most, not analytical? Uh, it's not analytical in the sense that analy- by analytical, I mean the historical school of like, 19th century to 20th century, um, especially English, predominantly English school of thought of analysis of language and concepts. Yeah, yeah. not uh, that there is an an analytical skills used in scholastic philosophy. Mm -hmm. So his metaphysics are different. It's even though there is natural theology there, it's not what it's not scholastic. So most of them, even when they accept natural theology, don't accept scholastic metaphysics for one reason or another, usually because they don't want to be Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like the only like fundamental the reason i mean yeah. i have no clue why because when i've heard swinburne's conversion story he was the, he was he was a church of england guy and then he was very dissatisfied with the 90s because they were because they were basically rejecting the need to follow certain doctrines of a church so instead of doing the natural thing and becoming a catholic he converted to orthodoxy <laughs> and I never understood that. He just said, like, yeah, that was the natural step. Orthodoxy, of course, as an Englishman. I would naturally come to the fucking like, Wait, what? You're skipping a step here. Yeah, Surely yeah. there's a more suited church somewhere for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's that stubbornness in the end. It's... Yeah, never never underestimate the yeah. um Anglo's I... ability to hate Catholics. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's well, even that like their argument for, you know, God must have some potential in him and right, or like yeah. so, or something that's unrealized. I, I don't even understand like what that argument is. I think is. they say you can't know. You can only deduce or make theology from scripture that is revealed truth because the revealed truth is revealed from the source that can know, namely God himself. This is the so typical answer know- I get when I talk to orthodoxy. If you don't get it, you can't get it. And that's when they stop talking to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you don't know, you can't know. Uh, do the work yourself. I'm like, I would say okay. if you can't okay. explain it, you don't know it either. <laughs> Probably the case. Probably the case. Dang. Yeah. I, oh, I, recently, I watched a, um, a video on of two Calvinist Protestants. Uh, what's his name? James White and. Uh, I always forget the other guy's name, so I'm not gonna look it up because he's an idiot. He's an idiot, but um, right. they <laughs> did a, they did a video on a, on called doubting doubting Thomists when they were apparently complaining hmm. about there are a bunch of reformed Protestant Thomists now. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know a guy on Twitter. 
Yeah, that, I, I'm I'm kind of shocked by that, and and they're normally the evangelical type. They're not even yeah. uh, wait. They're Thomas, but they're like yes, Protestant. yeah, but they're they they're like not even Thomas. like the traditional I mean. Protestants. They're the they're the crazy evangelical ones. Yeah. No. The ones that have no order, no like um structure, no hierarchy, no um. What is the other thing? They don't have any liturgy. It's just so they singing. just they just read. Yes, but Thomas, but, however they want. Or kind of, but a lot of them are yeah. reading it pretty well. Like yeah, when, you, so, when you actually talk to them, they're actually comprehending it. And I don't know. Yeah, how this guy on Twitter is actually pretty good if you talk to him about Tozian. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's a Catholic then. But no, he's a reformed Catholic. And I have no idea who it is. Uh, <laughs> let me see. You, I, don't, oh, I don't remember his name right now. Yeah. He'll, oh, probably okay. talk, he'll pop up on my timeline at some point. I'll send you who it is if you're curious. Okay. But yeah. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Actually, I might remember like a portion of it. Let me. Uh, see a portion of it? Yeah, <laughs> a portion of his okay. username. And then I'm sure <laughs> is it Doug yeah. Wilson? Uh, Doug Wilson wait. was the name of the uh, other Protestant guy. I was, talking, I was thinking, of. yeah. Oh, Doug was Wilson. it? Yeah. yeah James yeah. White and Doug Wilson, Doubting Thomas. Yeah, Philip Gehida yeah. is his name. I Philip can what? Send you. Philip Gehida. Gehida, like, like Jacques Gehida, the French philosopher. Oh, so yeah. do you guys do that? The... Do you guys do, do Brazilians do that where they pronounce names in the source language for like one second and then go back to speaking english uh no that's just me because okay. I've, I've learned you watched a lot i had of to learn Span- i had to learn a bit of spanish i had to learn a bit of french okay i think academics do it you watch you watched a lot of like jeopardy and alex trebek growing up i have no <laughs> idea what that is okay. <laughs> <laughs> i did yeah. watch a lot of british game shows from like the ages of 10 I, to 15 you are the weakest i I, I do think that americans are kind of unique and getting annoyed at that because like, like 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 living in belgium living in belgium like that was just common no i know is that, is, that, is, that, is that when you go to the store it was called brico and so people were like bricolage you know like for the construction worker or they, like they would say you say you, say, you know um Deleuze and guattari and, and that's just the way that that's but they're also of... belgians right but but even if they weren't like spaniards i had a spanish teacher who did the same thing but it's for, just it's odd it's just yeah odd but for some reason it, it is very unique to the american culture that we despise the americans <laughs> despise when somebody uses the tries to pronounce it in the proper way while while for I most do, i just i do think it's phonetically silly to do that yes yeah language, yeah but yeah. <laughs> it's just what i naturally do i can't no it's i'm not yeah. i'm not saying you're an idiot for it i just thought yeah, i know you're not yeah. saying that <laughs> yeah because yeah. Yeah, I, I know i tend to do that too with, with a lot of words yeah but you say a lot of things weird so can't trying to find it but there was a part of the video talking about where they attack divine simplicity and I was gonna play Wait, it. What? And, yeah, they attack uh, the two Protestants, and they attack divine simplicity. God is told. How they, do you hold to the Trinity that there is one God? How do you hold to the idea that there dude. is one God if you attack simplicity? I, I don't. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, they I'm gonna just put. It and play they put it three heads on a muscular body. Because we're not understanding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like an old bearded guy. <laughs> yes. Jesus. Yes. And then like a, a guy, bird, a bird head. A guy, a guy with like a like a sheet ghost mask. I should draw the ha- Protestant triune God. That would be a good imagery. <laughs> and Martin very, Luther like, is his prophet. Way yes, Luther is his prophet. Just a muscular guy with three heads. That would be beautiful. <laughs> they might like that. I know. I might do it for them. almost kind of Hindu. Oh, and, and then, then the Bible floating above. Oh yeah, yeah and the word gender. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. 
This is a leather-bound copy of the KJV. Yes, yeah, yeah, just floating above. This is a genuine question because in Brazil, it's obviously not an English-speaking country. So even our evangelicals are not usually that fascinated with a KGV or KJV. Yeah, yeah. KJ. Uh, okay, fine. King James. Uh, <laughs> King James, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're usually not fast. Does anyone know historically why the hell the the King James became the the Bible of choice by uh, all the heretics? I, I don't know, actually. Do you know why? It was the first non-Catholic English transla- translation of the Bible. And it I just believe. stuck. That's and why. it just became... Yeah, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's for their language, that's the original one. That is... So, mm, the Dewey so Rings why... was like 30 years before or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, but why would it be better? Because it's like, the first one. It's because, <laughs> it's, because yeah. it's it's missing certain books. It wasn't and, uh, original. I don't think. Yeah, you're right. The very first. No, copy it's because it's it, the yeah. first one. It's the it's the oldest one in the language that they can read. <laughs> Is that their their version of reading the original Aramaic and Greek? Yeah, but, yeah. It's <laughs> but it's written in their native tongue, which they also require. Yeah, and for them, Christianity did start 1500. So yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't understand why Protestants would be like, oh, okay, we're sola scriptura. Okay, let's get the most accurate translation of the Bible possible. <laughs> no, I just told you it's the it's the first one that wasn't Catholic. It's the first one that wasn't Catholic and also in their native language. Yeah. I was wondering, like, is is the proliferation of English at, at all? what's affecting the uh the rise in protestantism in the third world because i'm starting mm. to i'm starting to think like that might be it like if english is really spreading to the uh where's where are the like, protest where is it spreading where's protestantism i would think of like oh you're, you're, you're seeing it on the rise in uh you are in south, south, america. south america it is yeah yeah, yeah. south america it is kind i'm of wondering if english enjoy, has right? to do with that i think it's english and the fact that they have a lot of music and lights yeah, yeah. It's mostly the music yeah. and lights. And yeah, I South think- Americans love music and lights. We, yes, 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 we love. Yes, we yes, do. We do. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's. Uh, I think the biggest like church building, <laughs> the Temple of Solomon in São Paulo, is possibly the biggest church ever built, and it's it's ginormous, and it's basically a mega church, and it looks incredibly silly. It's a bunch it's of Bra- middle- a bunch of Brazilians are like salsa dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be samba, wouldn't be salsa. But yeah. Feeling each other up in salsa dancing. Oh yeah, the beautiful women over yeah, there, of course. Yeah, like strobe lights going. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've that's, seen yeah, that before. Not, so. not the not the dancing, but the strobe lights. Yeah, the strobe lights in a uh, American mega church. It's it's creepy. You walk in, there's like a concert. <laughs> yeah, that's what it strobe is. lights and dry ice and stuff. I, I was raised in a megachurch with strobe lights and a smoke machine. I didn't yeah, believe that megachurch existed. So weird. I, I it, thought it was just like a very weird Brazil. Because yeah. we don't really have, it isn't really strobe lights. It's more like the extremely charismatic like types that get up oh, okay. on the podium or stage. And it's yeah. usually like, you know, if it's a richer church, it will at least kind of attempt to ape the aesthetics of a, uh, not the aesthetics of Catholicism exactly, but yeah. at least the aesthetics of like an old temple or something like that. Um, oh, if it's yeah. a poorer one, then you know it'll just be like folding chairs. <laughs> an and old whatever. temple. Yeah. But see, yeah. Look up that. Temple of Solomon São Paulo. Uh, temple São of Paulo. Okay. Is it Solomon São Brazil or just Brazil? Temple and just go to of what? Solomon. Solomon. How do you, I don't know how to pronounce it in English. Yeah. Salomon, Salomon in Portuguese. Solomon. Yeah. Yeah. Temple of Solomon, Brazil. Uh, look up and you'll see it, it. That's kind of what it looks like. Uh, it's very, very weird. It's incredibly kitschy. It's like what a child <laughs> would imagine an ancient temple would look like. Yes, I'm, I'm, I got it. I'm, I think I got it. I'm going to set a screen real quick for it. Okay. It looks like a hotel in Las Vegas. 
It does. It does. It does. It does. It looks exactly like that. Oh you got gosh. the aesthetic down right. <laughs> the palm trees and everything. Wow. And the it's red carpet. Really, the red carpet. Really it's like a understanding so how big this is. Weird. Yeah. I'm look at that image. That look at the enormous. size of this thing. Yeah. Wow. And this is and this is a um like an evangelical Protestant yes. temple. It's There's like literally they, a red uh, carpet. They do the actually thing. copy our name because I believe it belongs to the Universal Church, which is just another way of saying Catholic. So they <laughs> copied our name that. as well. That is like a nice concert hall. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But yeah, I didn't <laughs> believe it existed outside of like in because uh, at the risk of sounding uh, you know, like a Marxist doing class analysis, it's not yeah. usually the intellectuals who convert to evangelicalism in Brazil. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, it's definitely not. It's not used. <laughs> <laughs> but, but people but it, the smarter people who are religious are just Catholic. Yes. There's, yeah. there's no reason to be Catholic. And even the and it's almost <laughs> And it's Brazil is a very weird country because we do love uh, two saints specifically. We do love Mary, much like the Mexicans, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do love St. Francis an inordinate amount. Like, oh, I think yes, even the Evangelicals yeah. love St. Francis. Like, even they're like, no, yeah, Francis is a saint, of course. <laughs> like, there's no way around this. <laughs> so yeah, they, South America in general, I think, is that way. Argentina, Peru. Yeah, so even yeah. they have this weird uh, love for St. Augustine in Rio, as well as a relatively strong presence, because we have a uh, we have a, a school run by Augustinians, which is one of our more pre prestigious schools. Oh, okay. So there's an Augustinian order, but none of their recruits are Brazilians. All the Brazilians go to the Benedictine and the Franciscans. All their oh. recruits. Okay. All their priests are uh, from Spanish-speaking countries, so they oh, have yeah. this incredible. So when I go to there to mass there, they have this yeah. incredibly strong Spanish accent, which is usually <laughs> very, very thick. I, yeah. I, I think I couldn't understand oh, any of the oh, words. Oh, you the just first mean time. they speak Spanish correctly? <laughs> uh, I got a photo of the inside of the place. Okay, here. let me see this. What that what looks like? A, that's that looks like a dystopian. <laughs> It's oh like my god, it looks like oh my god. It's like if they, it's, dystopian, it's guess, like yeah. if they had like a state a state chamber in Blade Runner or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is where um, oh, what's it, this is what called? a church would look like in Blade Runner. Yes. <laughs> Literally. Blade wow. Runner, yeah, yeah, dystopian it's, world. Wow. I once I noticed that my uh my plot of megatons, I went to for Father's Day recently. I know about Father's mm -hmm. Day was I could not find one cross in the entire building. Outside or inside, not one really I mean, yeah. I've not seen crosses there either. Yeah, I, I saw nothing. Um I remember I was, I was asking people around earlier afterwards, you know, I'm an asshole. So I was like, where's Mary? Where's the cross? I was asking all these questions. Well, like, where's Mary? Oh, <laughs> where do I genuflect? I was asking all these questions. And they're like, like, yeah. like where do I genuflect? What's genuflecting? They have a booth that's like covered with like frosted yeah. glass. Yeah, yeah. The private genuflection. <laughs> <laughs> it's just called um, the giving booth. You, what's genuflection? And, and finally, <laughs> finally, like, oh, those are all symbols. We're not a symbol to it. She had a Starbucks yeah. cup in her hand because it's her so Starbucks there. <laughs> it's in a the logo was facing me. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, the a, one, um, this logo was facing me. Imagine like, you go there just to get so the like, Starbucks because it's the closest one near you. Probably <laughs> 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 have to at least That's one guy. Like, We're gonna give him coffee. Give him the Lord after. It's, <laughs> that that's hilarious. Hilarious. That's that's right. Frappuccinos for Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just walk in there and be like, amen, hallelujah, where's my fucking, where's my coffee? <laughs> no, the one, the one in Rabbit night. Creek has something like that. It isn't, I don't think it's like Starbucks. Super South? No, it, it isn't. Yeah, it's called Is like Rabbit Creek Church? Community Church. Oh. It's a small one, but, but it has like a Starbucks style coffee shop in it. 
Oh, <laughs> I actually bizarre. know someone that that you worked there or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Church, yeah. Yeah. My my old business partner. That's where he attended. He was like a drummer there. That, that's where I saw like the neon. I, he's a drummer there too. I know. I happen to know a drummer for that church who. Also, oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah, really yeah. random. What's his name? Do you remember or no? He's like twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, this guy's probably not the drummer there anymore, but back then he was. Well, he's like, not the drummer because I know the drummer. Two thousand nine. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it it was pretty. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty weird because it really was like a concert. One time I had to wait for him. We had to go to a business meeting afterwards. He was like, yeah, but I already committed to play. I was like, fine. I was just kind of standing there in the back. And <laughs> so, so this is the part that I found really weird. So there, there was a um, pastor preaching there. Mm-hmm. And then when he said something, like, I guess people find profound, the guitarist in the back was like, yes. Then he was saying a little louder, but and then like the drums like boom 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 and then, you know, i was like what the fuck is this? it was so well timed they should do they should do rim shots yeah. i i've never been to protestant were, church so damn, i live for yeah. jeremy's so i live vicariously for jeremy explaining his, his interactions <laughs> inside a protestant church wild thing i've ever experienced for it to be called a church like, this is weird yeah the believe those i'm i Quotation mark, what's the bleeders that I put into it? Or like the deuce bag of deuce bags. It's god awful. Well, it's how they start. The what's the bleeders and stuff like that. The people who play the drum, musicians, and sing. Oh. I um, the, I was a youth, um, youth group there. And there's, there's a, the youth pastor was also like the main singer. And every thing he did on stage, he was like on his knees. He was like screaming into the mic. <laughs> he was like crying on stage. Rolling and I'm around. like, what is this? And you would see women just falling over and like, like it looked like an Elvis concert. They'd fall yeah, over that's stage. What it's like, like, some guys like happening. wind blowing on a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> we had a keytar. We had a we had a legit oh, keytar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some, cool. some not for the Hancock <laughs> action. Yeah. No. <laughs> the pastor actually got up and played the keytar. I'm yeah, not making that it, up. It, it's like that Justin Bieber pastor guy. Like when people... Justin Bieber pastor guy? What? Yeah, do you remember him? No. No, you don't. You look him about? up. Look up That's Justin Bieber's pastor. Sentence. Oh, with the tattoos and stuff. Long yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah. He didn't have long hair. He was short, but he was just like really ripped. He would just walk around shirtless. And then, then it came out that yeah, he was having an affair. And I was just like, you guys are shocked by this. <laughs> I mean, look at that guy. I mean, of course he's fucking like every member in the fucking, yeah. in the church. The way he's like, the way he presents himself. Yeah, he's like low rise jeans. So you kind of see like that. Yeah. Um, what is it? Joe Rogan calls it the dick root. Yeah, the dick root. Yeah, I mean, this guy has like made. Look at his. Like, oh my god! Oh, look at that shit. This is a pastor. It's a pastor. Yeah, you could lift him up by his V. Should <laughs> have this guy in Firefly representing. I know. Pastor. It's like He's yes, the, the one affair that they caught him in definitely was not his first. Yeah, like now he's like a disgraced pastor. But I was like, really? Yeah. yeah. He's, Hell yeah! He had to yeah. leave his church. He had to do everything. I was like, yeah, that's it's obvious. When I first saw him, I was like, he's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> You're out there on stage, women swooning over you. There's music playing. You know, you I mean, walk around shirtless around California. Yes, you're I fucking mean, this, women. The thing I'm shocked about is, is like he had to leave for just an affair. That's it. I know. I know. He didn't yeah, like embezzle money from the church. He wasn't like there wasn't like a, a minor involved. Or... <laughs> he was an upstanding gentleman. He was a fantastic. member of the community. This <laughs> is a pillar of the community. I know people should wonder and be like, I would have done it too, Pastor. I would have done it too. <laughs> They're all like high fiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know it's, it's it's been. I think I was 
we were we were a uh, Pentecostal church, and so everyone was speaking in Oof. tongues all the time. No snakes, yeah, no snakes. They were yeah, we were Pentecostal, and they would all speak in tongues. And I, I don't actually believe any of them were. All but no snakes. I still can't figure out where the snake church is. Yeah, it was most some Pentecostal <laughs> there's snakes. There's a snake church out there. We know um, that there's, there's probably a, church a that bunch of snakes. snake churches in South America and Brazil. There's probably True. a few. And they would just—they would get there. And I, I swear to God, they're just speaking Zibuus. They're just making up words, but they well, was like literally speaking in tongues. Yeah. Yes. And it was just and like everyone's like, remember? I, they're like, Caleb, how how old are you? Like I'm 20, 21. Like you don't have a, a prayer language? I'm like, no. a prayer language? And that that what? was they they would judge you for not having a prayer language. Okay. It quick question: insane. What is a Pentecostal? Like, what is it? That's insane. That's what they are. Um, okay. Okay, but like, it, I have Pentecost is like the end times, isn't it? I think it's uh I think they they they, they claim that when the Holy Spirit came, when the Spirit came when into the, the room and everyone had to fire the tongues of fire, that's Pentecost, and then oh yeah yeah they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they emulate yeah. that in the services. I don't when know. The anything. Holy Spirit came down on the apostles after. Uh, yeah, I don't read. Extension. I don't read books. I don't know. Yeah, very even, Catholic. Even you basically <laughs> just need to go for RCIA. You've got the rest down. I know. I don't read. Yeah, the the Seventh Day Adventists are the ones that are like really anti-Catholic. So if you're coming from there, you basically have to go Orthodoxy. <laughs> you can't possibly it's go Catholic. Your if you're coming... <laughs> yeah, you have to and uh, yeah, they're the ones who are all like end times and they're they're pastor. the they're the they're the denim skirt skirt ones, right? Uh, I think they're the denim skirt ones of the Seventh Day Adventists. I think there's a few of those. You know, I know that... I, there's a couple Seventh Day Adventist churches near where I live. You'd yeah, think they, they were Amish, but they're not. Pentecost is literally the Catholic Church's birthday. How, birthday, ironic. how ironic! Yes, it's true. Actually, you're correct. Happy birthday, Church! Uh, was... We had our like what 1992nd birthday, like what two months ago, something like that. Like or at least that's hold, held to tradition. That was so funny. Is someone was someone that listened to the show a long time ago? They they sent us like a or they sent me a 1517 to 2017 mug that their parents had, and it was like. 500 year anniversary of faith or something it was like a, a martin luther mug so uh, jeremy uh, designed a mug he wanted to sell that was zero to 2021 it was like a birthday <laughs> like a church birthday <laughs> mug 2021 years of faith or something that'd be amazing I mean, <laughs> i'd buy it i know it's kind of it's kind of insane thinking about it. But we'll be able to live, you know, to see the two thousand year anniversary of the death of Christ. That's oh, um, yeah. to me. That's yeah. I don't you know. That kind of hit me a few like a few days ago. Like that's kind of an impressive milestone for a church to be that long in existence. <laughs> that a church wasn't even a thing before. Like you had cults and mystery sects. But I think I was reading Chesterton's Everlasting Man, he highlights this difference. There wasn't really a church, and there wasn't really anyone who made the claims of the Catholic Church. That there were not only that base like Confucius and Buddha never made the claim that they were literally God or the sons yeah. of God. Maybe they myth, maybe their followers, you know, added them to a mythology, but a mythology and being religious about a mythology is not the same as a church. And the fact yeah. that Westerners just conceive of it as normal is kind of a testament to <laughs> success that religion must follow a church. You see it in all our mid, in all our fantasy and sci-fi fiction and alternate worlds. Where yeah. the religion is kind of a church. That's really an impressive achievement to just make this the default for how religion is conceived when it wasn't for the vast majority of human history before that point. Well, it is for all the history that matters. 
Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was one historian who, one of, one of my favorite history accounts on Twitter, yeah. Columba, just said, you know, that history really began in 0 <laughs> AD. Everything before that doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't it's care. Just, People are like, oh, talking savage. about like the Stone Age anthropology and stuff. <laughs> who cares? It's literally that. like, who cares? It's the tale of a bunch of sav- ape, ape savages. Who, who gives a shit? <laughs> Real history starts after year zero. I mean, like Egypt um, is kind of cool, but whatever. Egypt was a few thousand years before, <laughs> yeah. but like maybe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even that, I don't really care that much, but. Mm-hmm. So I found I found that clip I was talking about earlier was the um, two Calvinists going against divine simplicity. If y'all want to hear it, and oh yeah, definitely. Let me just share the screen here. And God I'll... is a dude. <laughs> With three heads. Yeah. He's got very, yeah, very I, I, complex. I, 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 I would feelings. draw him the way that um, Bieber's pastor looks. But divine, three heads. divine emotional complexity. <laughs> so how they so the Bible said how they what does the gazing with is uh they say we, is that a hope. beard on his face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That's James White. Have you never seen James White before? Apparently He's one not. of the most popular Protestant yeah. theologians. Quote I don't know him. What is he, how does he shave that? <laughs> uh, we're he has a professional panache. Yeah. Yeah. So what this is saying is that they say Thomas believe in divine simplicity, but not really. They believe in absolute divine simplicity, and they are questioning that. I don't know. So we'll go into uh, engage this. Christians do misunderstand, thinking that the sun is one third of God and the spirit Ooh. is one third of God and so on and so forth. And so that I think most people can understand and can see that this is not just simply a situation of the church outside of scripture saying, you need to believe this. This comes from first order level understanding of what the scripture teaches about God, the harmony of his attributes, things like that. Right. So most of us would go fine. No problem. Yeah. yeah. But what is now being emphasized, especially in, in my circles, since about 2015, maybe a little bit earlier than that, but really starting to get ahead of steam, is the assertion, and this is discussed by people like Turretin. Calvin wasn't big on it, but Turretin and the more reformed scholastic of the second, third yeah. generations, they do discuss these things, obviously. Is the assertion that the attributes of God in God ad intra is the Latin phrase that the attributes of God are one and are to be not to be distinguished. That God does not distinguish internally between his wrath and his love or his justice and his love, I guess is a better term. Okay. Maybe you want to, maybe you want to pause it to comment. Let me know. Uh, or between on his justice is his love. The funniest thing to me about it is they keep doing really fast cuts to the other guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, huh? <laughs> he has this like, uh, this what look on his face. Yeah. Like, He's what? Like, uh? His beard is very distracting. Yes. <laughs> yes. We okay. should we should dress up as these guys. Yes. I was thinking that uh, you should do like a two minute parody of like I, know, I really want to long, long one minute rant and then just cut to mm-hmm. yeah, I want to <laughs> do parodies at some point. I know we, we've been stuff. wanting to do parodies for about a year. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you're gonna look stored up. <laughs> can you can you see, I uh, can I, either of y'all see Grant in a, a sweater vest? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. I think I think he put it off. I used to wear it all the time. Yeah, he was a, <laughs> Did he was you a really? dickhead in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna wear mine tonight, and I'm like, ah, if I'm gonna play this video, I'm not gonna dress like them. Yeah, <laughs> do it. You put like you put like a big bunch yeah. of cotton balls on your chin. <laughs> yes, I would have exclusively on your chin. I, I do. I, I hate Calvin. I, I hate um. Uh, I hate Calvin too. Yeah, James. I hate James White so much. Um, I want to. <laughs> 
tweet at him like, uh, James Wright. Um, I'm gonna tweet him at James Wright. How do you feel that your only your role on this earth is to be dumb so people, people can see you convert to Catholicism? Let's tweet that. Trying to go up to Catholics. He's and his arguments are asinine. But let's uh, let's continue. <laughs> okay, yeah, we should love continue. Is his justice and his love is his omniscience, and his love is his omnipresence. The things that that make these things even understandable, and for me, one of the important parts, well, these attributes interact with each other. One of the most beautiful things of seeing the cross is recognizing you're seeing the love of God and the holiness of God at the exact same time. Right. But if they're the same attribute, then we can't understand what's going on there. Mm -hmm. So internally to God, we are this told we must believe that these attributes are all one. And here's the reason. Now, now by the way, add extra outside of God, they're different. And we are to distinguish between them. And in fact, we glorify God by distinguishing them. But God doesn't glorify Right. God isn't glorified by that internally is, is basically what's being said. Right. And so here's, here, here's the problem. When you, when you think about what is being said about the attributes being the same, I can say easily all the attributes are harmonious. Yeah. They, are, they are not parts. But what's being forced on us is We don't a, stack them up. Exactly. Right. But what's being forced on us is a metaphysical assumption that comes from Thomas and part of it comes from before Thomas to somebody er else named er Aristotle. Aristotle. Yeah. And yes. the idea is, and some people may have heard of this idea before, and this is how I explained it to you, was uh, when we think about the ontological argument, which is an argument I don't like to think about very often because I understand <laughs> with me I'm traveling. Um, <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. <laughs> that, feeling, that feeling when no metaphysics. But... <laughs> We're such assholes. I don't. I don't. I don't. We're I don't. Just I, don't I don't like to think about it. We're laughing at heretics. It keeps <laughs> me. It keeps me. I mean, it's not my favorite argument either, James. I guess. <laughs> I prefer the five ways. I don't know. <laughs> sort of react to YouTube just... channel. That'll be for the Patreon. We'll have a yes, react yeah. video. <laughs> yeah, why keep going though? This yeah. seems pretty interesting. But, but if you've thought about the argument itself, an essence of it is the being greater than which none can be conceived. The idea of thinking of something in that metaphysical system means that it actually exists. That category becomes concrete in an argument type sense. If I successfully conceived of it, then it is that way. And it can be put into the argument as a valid element of the argument. So if I can conceive of God's attributes, then they become separate parts, which then becomes a denial of God's simplicity. Right. So I am not to conceive of God's attributes internally to him as having any difference from one another, or I am making him a composite being and denying the doctrine of simplicity. Now, how, how would the, what would the response be if I said, well, I conceive of the Father and the Son and the Spirit as different? That is the primary uh, argument that they want to push back against and respond to. There's, they've written entire books on it. Thomas liked to write books, yeah. just like Thomas did. So they sort of, <laughs> like Father, like children, uh, it sort of, sort of goes together. Um, and in that instance, 
you get into extremely complicated discussions about how subsistences are not the same as attributes would be if they had this kind of reality. Distinction. That, so there's always a way to make a, a philosophical distinction between you know, one aspect or another. But I'll leave it to the Thomas to explain exactly how they deal with that because it does have applications to other things. Once you have this idea of simplicity, not just what you and I would agree that God's being is not composed of different parts, um, once you have the further assertion of the ad intra sameness, then that starts having impact in other areas. And one of the areas that I'm most concerned about is in Trinitarian theology and in the relationship of the divine persons. Right. Because even if you say, well, Father, Son, and Spirit are di distinct subsistences to be sharply distinguished from attributes, right. even if you do that, and then you have complicated math, which which is like a June bug doing quantum physics. <laughs> look, look at us go describing the internal workings of God. Right, right. So and, and at some point somebody goes, do you think Paul really intended this? You know, did you think this is really, you really have to start asking. This is a question we didn't discuss this before, but this is a question I have. Really How no bomb. So one, one question I have that, that, he, that, that he just brought up, and I think I, I asked Grant a very long time ago, but it hasn't really been discussed at, at length anymore. So, Caleb, you said you were pretty much raised Protestant. Yep. What, um, I'm curious, why is Paul held higher than any other apostles to Protestants? That's, that's something I don't understand because I, I've heard, I've heard, Many times Protestants say that, you know, it's just what Paul intended, you know, and I wonder why, like, do you, do you know why? So, or? <clears throat> my understanding of it is it's two things. One, I think they, they say, I don't know if this, I don't know. They say Paul, Paul wrote the most parts of the Bible. Like he wrote the most part of the, yeah, that's what I would guess. He wrote <laughs> yeah, a yeah. lot of the epistles. He, the most. <laughs> so that, yeah. um, so he was the, yes, sir, he yeah. was the main conduit between the, the word of God to the actual Bible. He was the main conduit for what? So he was the mm. main guy. And there's also the argument they have called the, the Paul parody argument, where they basically take the early, early arguments the Catholic makes from um, biblical examples of Peter being the Pope, saying, well, I can make the same argument about Paul being the Pope. And they use the example of when Paul approached Peter about the, the, the disagreement they had on the letter to the, uh, I think it was the Corinthians. And they use that example saying, no, see, Paul corrected Peter, meaning Paul was actually the, the, the first Pope. And they try to just mock the argument saying Paul was like the actual leader of the apostles. Oh, okay. Okay, but so, so they kind of almost do take him as being an authority like mm -hmm. almost similar to what would what constitute as a pope mm -hmm. yeah okay. they have one pope and he's long dead and they're fine <laughs> with yeah yeah that's in, that's but interesting he, actually that, that actually answers my question because it's been years since i've been wondering why but yeah yeah the, the, the pauline parody argument is actually it's it's interesting because yeah. it's a uh, it, this is what uh, so, so many arguments are just biblical based which is why i'm a, a, a materialist efficiency guy yeah but yeah. anytime i can go play with this the bible over part and part them I'll take it. And so it, it, it requires so much study of the Bible and the Protestants just rattle off verses like it's, you know, well, here's a verse out of context. Prove me wrong now. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll continue the video. If you guys they want. look very ill to me. <laughs> no, yeah. Like the, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's looks like, like a they, they need to supplement. We're doing, we're doing Moscow. I think it has to be the way they white balanced it, but they I think look, they need to read Bronze Age mindset. They, I think they need to. I think no, it's like I mean, people they should who be, really need it. They should have like IV bags. Next to <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, if you think Vistazil, you haven't seen Swinburne recently. Oh I've boy, never, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I, I mentioned him like before. He, he's receiving. Orthodox. Does he's he look Orthodox. like he's receiving chemotherapy? <laughs> he looks bad. Okay. He looks really bad in his latest interview. He All looks like he's making fun of people. Like Jeremy has like, <laughs> like two masters and a doctorate in <laughs> metaphysics. I'm just good at bitching. <laughs> so I have to. I have to. Is he about to like say, you know, we what the Catholics are doing wrong is they really need to be making a distinction between the essence and the energies. Is that what he's about to I know, argue? Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's no, I, think, I think his argument is that, you know, I, I don't understand how he conceives of the Trinity because he first said, you know, each person, each person of the Trinity is one the third of God, which isn't how the Trinity is conceived, right, really. Yeah. Or whatever. The Trinity is a pie. <laughs> But moving on from that, he then says, okay, assuming he has the same conception of a trinity as us for a moment, he yeah. then makes the argument that we must distinguish between God's attributes. That is, God's mercy is not his wrath, his wrath right. is not his love, his love is not his mercy. Or his I mean, that's an orthodox argument right there. You know, is that, that you know, one energy orthodox. is not another. Yeah, orthodox do want to make a strong distinction while saying that they're the same. Um but yeah, I, I I I guess, which is that's like what's, contradictory. What's yes. What's weird to me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I, yeah. I think also what's 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 a bit strange is that I don't know how else you could conceive both of the Trinity and the incarnation of Christ if God was not altogether simple, because mm -hmm. because then there would have to be. Then you've uh, got a pantheon. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. one big guy with three heads. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, or Justin Bieber's pastor. That's how he's heads. one yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> they all pee out the same hole. Yeah, I guess we should continue the video. I want to see what his, solu <laughs> what his solution to this is. <laughs> Let's see. Far can we go past the headlights of scripture? Yeah, what I'm, I'm, how far? because Calvin, Calvin was when God makes an end of speaking. We need to make make an end of speaking. And Paul says, "I resolved not to go beyond what is written." Right. And Edwards, Gerstner, Gerstner, who is a huge Edwards fan, obviously. Wait, pause it, pause it again. Pause it really quick. So, so he says, Paul says, "I can't go beyond what is written," and yet Paul is writing things. He's not. I mean, he, he also says, if anyone tells you differently than what I've told you in person, you know, let them be. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is this again just blows my mind about Protestant. It's like, what, what, what do you think is happening here? Like he he foresaw the Bible being put together, and that's what he's referring to, or or is he possibly simply referring to Jewish texts? I mean, Paul was the one that yeah. gave them the Bible. Yeah, all of it. And so that's just, that's such a bizarre statement. They kind of just pass it off like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about." It's like, no, what he said right there makes no sense. You're talking about, you're talking about like a self, a future self-referential author talking about he's not, how he's not going to go beyond his own texts. No, that that's it's ridiculous. That's uh, you know it's you know very what I meta. think it is for me. You know yeah. what I think it is. Yeah, it's because his Apple Watch looks like a hospital armband. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think that's. I'm looking at. It, I'm like, oh, it looks like he looks like he's admitted. <laughs> I'm like literally looking for the uh, for the chemo uh, entry point. You yeah, know, the somewhere port, around the neck. Yeah, <laughs> it's under I his mean, sweater vest. 
I know. I think he's passing. Um, what's his name? Doug Wilson. He lives in Moscow, so it's probably not good weather wow. for him over there. Was that why his beard looks like that? I, I guess. Is that a, who Doug Wilson is? There are yeah, Calvinists in Moscow. Yeah, it's a weird saying. He's very. He, well, he's not. Doug Wilson's the weirdest Protestant. He's yeah. peculiar. <laughs> Maybe that's why he sounds so Eastern Europe, like Eastern Orthodox. That's because of the yeah the Russian. Yeah. But anyways, okay. I mean the uh, the Prots actually had a pretty historical uh, foothold in uh, in Russia when Catherine the Great came to power. She you know invite you know she kind of pushed the Orthodox mm-hmm. to the side and said, "Yeah, we're going to let all of the uh, religions come in." <laughs> and you know that's that's how Symphonia works. Can we just kick a guitar or something. Hmm? I was? also heard a slightly musical sound. Yeah, it sounded like someone kicked a guitar. I just got excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, Protestantism has, has historically been there since at least Catherine the Great. And okay, yeah. And so uh, yeah, it's, uh, that was their their big one with Symphonia. You know, the government really needs to support Orthodoxy by inviting in the Jesuits well, and the Prots. <laughs> was it mostly the Calvinists that went out east, or which did you know which Protestant? Assembly? I don't know which ones did, but okay. I I know for like the Catholics, it was the Jesuits <laughs> yeah. that got invited and state funded. You know, for, oh, so yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, the, you know, Catherine the Great was such a good uh, Orthodox, uh, uh, you know, uh, ca- Russian leader that she. Uh, confiscated quite a few monasteries and then turned them over to the Jesuits <laughs> so, to turn them into schools. <laughs> good, good. Edwards tried to figure out the will of Adam without awesome. having the light of scripture and ended up in a massive contradiction. So Edwards is a brilliant guy. Right. But once you get past the headlights of scripture, you can you just have to start making it up as you're going. And that's right. that's really one of the questions we have to ask here. Right? Yeah, so if someone says, um, if you're taking your theology exam, and yeah, if you had to pass this to get out of seminary, and the last question is, what was God thinking about ten minutes before He made the world? <laughs> you need if you drive. Like... <laughs> <laughs> He's got that Lindsey Graham face. You know, it's like Melton Butter. <laughs> what was God thinking about ten minutes? Well, God doesn't think, so that's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't time. Whatever. Was time. <laughs> Even if there was time, God is outside of time. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Putting, <laughs> putting on his miniature golf green, <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> you, he was using a leather-bound copy of the King James version of the Bible, <laughs> hitting his golf yes, ball. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, he was he's writing gonna, the Bible. He's going to create like the hottest pastor and he's going to be the pastor of justin bieber that's what he was thinking it's like justin bieber's going to have a hot ripped pastor and they're going he to was actually gonna writing it. the last part of the bible he was writing revelation oh he was okay. writing yeah, the last part of king james yeah <laughs> and putting it in the future thinking of when a time would come yeah, yeah. to reveal the final word <laughs> And then Paul saw to the future too and, and reference his own text that he can't go beyond. <laughs> like, okay, so there's three times when God reveals himself to Protestants. It's uh, yeah. Jesus's life and the Pauline epistles and then yes. there's 400 years of bullshit and then the Bible's compiled. Okay, and then like 1500 years of bullshit and then Luther and Calvin. That Hitler guy's gonna... Cause me some issues. <laughs> He's not going to make Luther look very good. <laughs> Luther is not going to make Luther look very good. 
<laughs> Rousseau will make Luther look good. Ask our studio <laughs> audience. <here. laughs> you write down anything other than we don't know it. It's impudent to ask. That's exactly right. 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 Um, then you fail. Right. If you say, well, man, let me work on that. <laughs> you get a new revelation. That's that's pretty dangerous. And I'm, I've, interesting. I've, uh, had my right there, right there. Interesting how the uh, the Protestants and the Orthodox both reject kind of like logic and reason and asking questions. Yeah. Interesting how that works. The moment you, because your moment you start asking <laughs> questions about them, you know, you're just like, oh, they don't have answers. I, and, I asked. I asked a ton of questions at my partisan so It's like every week I was asking, asking the East pastor to pastor a question. Answers like I never either say I got a I'll get back to you, and I never did. Or well, we don't we don't ask those kind of questions, and they just left. <laughs> those were like that, that, that's how they treated intellectual pursuit of anything. Very eye opening. I mean, yeah. Okay, so but like, what was God thinking when He created this? Okay, if we're speaking purely analogically, which is fine, but not taking yeah. it literally. What was God thinking when He? Uh, I'm not going to say created man because then they can use the Bible. How for they, what's the well, he created thing. Hitler. <laughs> But what was he thinking when he created water? Well, he was thinking of water, you fucking dumbass. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he was thinking of the properties of water. It would flow downhill. It would have the H2O. It'd be essentially this and that. Have, you know, what was he thinking when he created water? water. <laughs> like, I don't fucking like, you dumbass. I hate water. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know. But yeah. Reinforce many times that smart people cause most of the problems in the world. Um, they they <laughs> think they Elastics. are. Elastics. But us idiots, we're, we're great. <laughs> <laughs> we know it all. Yeah, they're, really they're, not they're, they're just not really up really to it. Up to or things that we, and, and it's not that we're saying, oh no, we're up to it and you belong to the wrong party. Right. We're saying some of these things you're raising, nobody's up to. And the and, and the, Thomas wasn't up to right. That's where some of them are like he was so far beyond us that we simply have to trust that that yeah. he was there, huh. and and that's where I go. Look, he was brilliant. No one is sitting here saying that anybody who can write the massive amount of stuff in the time frame that he had in the day that he lived, yeah. all that's amazing. That's fine, but we also have to sit back and go, he he was the quintessential definer of what became the theology of the council of Trent. yeah you know i mean you, you just have to admit that he wrote other stuff about man uh, and our anthropology that was anything but biblical so um going yeah, back to the yeah like what does thomas the bible say about trimming your beard like that <laughs> <laughs> we don't hold thomas to be infallible yeah. Like that's why know, we have the right. councils. Yeah. Like, okay, so the guys at the council read Thomas. Good. They didn't immediately make all of the summa contra gentilis and all of the summa theologia and all the summa contra grecus like fucking yeah, yeah. canon. Right. They didn't exactly. put in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. Oh wow, they read authors to supplement their own commentary and thoughts. Wow. Okay, shut the fuck up. Like, you, right, you do yeah. it too, people. And and he was smart enough to be at least recognized by the church as as somebody that you, we should at least take serious. It's like and yeah, he was you, a saint. So shut the fuck up. You're yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you performed miracles, motherfucker? No, I don't. <laughs> but I'm wearing a sweater. Vest. Have you levitated? Has Christ come to you in a dream? Shut the fuck up. I don't care. <laughs> <you>. Fucking dumbass. <laughs> <sighs> 
I think you haven't levitated and don't care about what you have to say about scripture. I'm sorry. My <laughs> <laughs> It's like watch uh, my my priest turns a, a uh, turns bread into God every Sunday. Why should I listen to you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's my argument. <laughs> okay, I think I think that's about it. I don't think they say much anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. More interesting, but doubting Thomas. Hey, it's 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 interesting video. I, I watched the fourth saying. It's um. I might I might watch it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I know we're ragging on them, but I think have you noticed that what they they do the thing with their face where they're really really emphatic? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're always you know he's doing the like. I know, and normally when they do that, they're referencing scripture at that point. So they're like, well, now we have to take this serious. Where does it say in the Bible that Rosie O'Donnell is going to exist? <laughs> <laughs> but what do we do about Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> I mean, I can't go beyond the Bible. This is why I have to reform the church. Yeah. <laughs> and like, still like the church that Christ built, by the way, <laughs> on the rock of St. Peter. Reform yeah. quotes on the quote, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're revolutionists. Yeah, but I mean, okay. So Peter says at one point, you know, I can't, I could, I can't go beyond the text. Uh, I'm taking that on faith because I don't remember the. It's from right Corinthians. Now. It's from yeah, Corinthians. From... Okay. Yeah. Like, okay, what was the context of that? Because it really. Going, it, it's because the text doesn't say don't go beyond the text does it or else why would it <laughs> oh no it, it says that literally it says don't be go beyond what is written and the uh and what's interesting about it is that uh, you know if you look into uh, where they think it comes from because it just seems to come out of nowhere in the text it has no context to it that really makes it understandable it's just like all of a sudden put in there so what they think happened was that the trans you know someone had you know kind of written like as a transcription note it was a transcription error you know where someone was writing down saying do not go beyond what is written so in other words don't try to change it don't add it just copy it at what you know word for word <laughs> and then someone copied that in <laughs> And don't go, yeah, do not go beyond what is, what is written. Okay, and that's yeah. how they don't think go that got into what it. what is written in this letter to this specific situation as well. I, like, yeah, yeah it could be something like that. Yeah. Well, it's like if you read in the context, it literally has no understanding at all. There, there's so, no but, but, content. It has what no about explanation. That, what about that implies that what they mean is written is just in the Bible? Like, why can't I write something on a sticky note that's written to? <laughs> What about other all of yeah, cause, Paul's cause other it, letters that didn't get canonized? I mean, he yeah, those are right. those were written. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about like Clement, who was you know, co- you know it's, al- it's almost time? it's almost like there were hundreds of people involved in deciding which written things were. <laughs> I know it's almost like they <laughs> picked the, that, It's almost like they picked a New Testament narrative from the perspective of the Roman Pontiff, you know, because <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's almost that's literally almost like if you look at the Gospels. If you look at the Gospels, they're written from Peter's point of view. It's like, yeah. the, has anyone noticed that? That like, you know, the, the reason that Peter is mentioned more than all of the other apostles combined is obviously because it's being told from his point of view. <laughs> and it's, it kind of like makes sense that like the councils of Rome, Carthage, and Hippo are going to pick, you know, four Gospels that are, you know, consistent with the the uh, sea of Peter that, you know, their church was founded from. It's like they got the whole narrative handed down to them, you know, from Peter. So they're going to yeah, pick yeah. Gospels that are basically written by peter or his proxies mark i have, I have <laughs> like, never i have i have never <clears throat> met, a, met a partisan person who actually knew books were removed not not, not, not it's, yeah. so, it's so it didn't know and then, like, yeah. when we're so talking weird. to my when we're talking to my mom about it she's mm-hmm. like well i've read this and this and this it's like yeah those were like the go- like mm-hmm. gospel of thomas isn't included 
that wasn't yeah. ever canon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I think that's normally the the the, mo- the only time that I ever see a Protestant's mind being blown is when mm-hmm. you when you inform them that there's books that have been removed, because then they, they then they want to refer to things that Catholics don't believe, and they want to refer to the Gnostic Gospels. But yeah, that's not mm-hmm. that's not that's what that, was removed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you, you tell them there, there's the yeah Judas, right. Example. And so, so when you say no, there's a book called Wisdom. They look at you like you're insane. They're like, what? <laughs> or <Well, laughs> like, the first and second Maccabees, and they're like, I still think Maccabees is... sounds dorky. I think that that's just going to be built in. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a like a family of oil barons or something. Like I remember that. having a freak out on the group chat before Jeremy was added that I was yeah. like, I can't believe Grant didn't find a reason for this. And the closest I could find was in the King James printing. They, for some reason, in Wikipedia, it said. It was very expensive to print so many pages, so they, you know, removed like seven books. <laughs> I'm not even joking. They're really, they're really, because I think you were, you were kind of like incensed about it for a while, and you didn't find yeah. anything. And I kept telling you, I'm like, you're not going to find any information. Yeah, there's no information. I was, I, I went to like Luther's whole page. I went to like Lutheran sites. I went to the yeah. Calvinist. Well, they don't like, know generally. They don't. <laughs> like, the only, only answer I found is that Calvin moved to Second like Maccabees because they point to the point is evidence to purgatory, and he rejected purgatory. Right. Yeah. So he moved Maccabees, which is completely backwards way of looking at scripture. Like, it's well, insane. I don't agree with this part. I mean, this move I don't like to make. Like, yeah, you can't it, go it, beyond it, what's written. So, but yes. yeah, but some <laughs> of the stuff that was written. <laughs> I really do think the the only people that have offered an explanation have been Catholics. Yes. Because I think that they're just using inductive reasoning. They yeah, read yeah, these. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing I think with the Book of Wisdom. It does refer to um, the Church, uh, the natural the, theology as well, natural theology and stuff. Yeah. Tobit has um, a guardian angel. Yeah, Tobit has a guardian yeah. angel and a literal physical like demon figure thing. Right. Yeah. That odious, was, yeah. Yeah. What was the what's the word? He was like expunged from the room, like, burning of stuff, like a liver and stuff. Like that's yeah, witchcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, witchcraft. They'll say that. There's a this great book coming out from a uh, Trent Horn called uh, "When Protestants Argue Like Atheists," and that's, that's the entire premise of the book. And one Dude, of the points, we, all of our sticks are being taken from us one by one. <laughs> Um, one of the points is like um, <laughs> atheists who look at the Bible and point to contradictions and say, well, this is why the Bible isn't true. And Protestants say, no, no, you have to like look at the context and suss it out. But they point to all the contradictions say, between Tobit and the other parts of the Bible. They say, well, now we can move Tobit because of that. And they, they yeah, act the yeah. exact same way. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really uh, great book. It's interesting to me. It's interesting to me that they, they, they can't understand. Like if I, if I offer, you know, they say, well, where is that in the Bible? Where, yeah. how, do you, how do you know that if it's not the Bible? It's like, well, it doesn't talk about like the best way to fry an egg. <laughs> it's like they don't they don't understand the the example given it literally right, yeah. doesn't tell you how to best use your iphone morally right it yeah. literally doesn't it doesn't have yes. anything to do with that it doesn't yeah. tell you what haircut you should have it doesn't tell you yeah yeah what kind of bikini you should wear at i the know beach. you know it's it very selective in what because it normally is supposed to be coherent within the narrative of christology yeah. or mariology and so mm-hmm. um it, it's it's not it's not a cohesive book of morals. No, it's, or it's not. not. It's not a cohesive book of practice, like how you ought to practice things. It's, it's a, no. you're supposed to read the, 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 the narrative of salvation. That is, yeah, that's it's what it's there for. And, and um, but the, the funny, I think one of the most funny part is that um, for, is for Protestants is that there are some things that is explicitly written in there. Yeah. And some of them are explicitly written as if Christ said it, right? Yeah. Such as the doctrine of divorce. Yeah. I mean, call they, no man father. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like G- Jesus often, like, they, they will pick some phrase like that, don't call no man father. But Jesus, like, rails against the idea of 
people getting divorced and say that that that, that what God has joined, no man can basically yeah. um, dissolve. And um, it, and yet, most Protestants think, well, well, yeah, but in some cases, it's okay, right? If if he's a complete no. asshole, you could divorce him. It's like no, it's it, it's kind of it's kind of shocking what what they want to almost. Um, extract from the scripture and take it outside of context for their belief and then simultaneously the things that are explicitly written in there they want to deny mm-hmm. and so they, mm-hmm. like this is one doctrine that we could really say that if you believe the gospels are true that jesus really does not want you to get divorced. yeah he even <laughs> says this is a hard doctrine it's not for everyone there there will be enochs for the kingdom of heaven Yes, like he literally yeah, says that. Yeah. He does like, like not this. for everyone. Like yes. it's fine if you think it's hard and don't want it. That's okay. It's not yep. for everyone, but this one is how the, it is. One yeah. thing I had, um, so I'm on I'm not, I don't I'm not really on Facebook except to troll all my Protestant friends and family. Um, <laughs> and if they did post on the Happy Father's Day to you, Dad, I would just comment Carnoman Father. It's so. He says, "Call no man father." And then later, he says, "Uh, an atheist would say, and he says, be obedient to your father and mother." But an atheist would say, "That's a contradiction." (laughs) I I, I listened to a a bunch of uh, former Protestant now atheist women yesterday talk about love, sex, and mayoism. Yesterday, this was in person, right? In person, yeah. Yeah, okay. the, the house, and they all got drunk and started talking about their feelings. Um, and they were talking about all the pa- way the parents raised them and how they said, um, basically, all we were told the whole life was that all you, all you, as a woman, what you are doing is tempting men at all times. Except me, not except, me. Yeah. Well, you don't exist. You don't exist in where, um, you Can you imagine? Like, could you guys imagine, like, if the monophys, like, way back in the day, if the monophysites actually came to the council and of Constantinople and said, "Well, Jesus said, call no man father," and people call him, uh, you know, a man all the time. Therefore, he must be just one nature. Obviously, <laughs> he must not be God. Now, granted, they believed he was only God, but yeah, not, yeah, yeah. But you could have seen like Arians who like came to the. Uh, who said, well, he said, call no man. Uh, yeah, he would say, call no man God. And, you know, look, they're calling him a man. Yeah, he's, a man he's a man there. Oh, that, oh but I never thought about it that way. I'm curious <laughs> if any like, living Protestant actually takes it. Yeah, Christ had no human nature. He wasn't born of a virgin. The mm-hmm. beginning of every gospel is wrong. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like that. Ending. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> End yourself. <laughs> that should be like. <laughs> That should be the tagline <laughs> of any of our arguments from now on. Yeah. When we're arguing people on Reddit, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. End yeah. yourself. So yeah. I was listening to all of them, and um, I, I realized that like, there's no like when the Protestants talk about you know sort of the Bible was like with the son with a guy. So it was like Adam was the fall of man. Christ is the saving of man. You gotta it, it, yeah, conquer Adam, like rise up and be a man kind of thing. It doesn't exist women in like Protestantism. They are stuck, stuck with Eve. Right. They are stuck with Eve. So they're stuck always in like this fallen. There's no story in the Bible for them about women overcoming the femi- negative uh, side of femininity and becoming actually feminine, becoming yes, a woman. And yeah. they don't have that. And yeah. it's like seeing the effect of that on a bunch of different people was like really interesting last night. Yeah. Yeah. I think Bizcat on Twitter, who's a Scotist, unfortunately, uh, you know, damn Good. his name, but uh, <laughs> he. <laughs> 
Dude, that made people uh, mad. He commented what, he was quote Scotus. Yeah, I recently found out that the word dunce comes from dunce Scotus, and that blew yes, me away. Yes, yeah. I'm yeah. completely convinced that some Dominican Thomas were involved in that. I have no doubt. <laughs> or just rational people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he said that he was quoting Eastern Protestant, and he said Protestants can only oscillate between complete and utter submission to feminism or depraved misogyny because they have no Mariology, they have no concept yes, of Mary yeah. as a sectees. Yeah, and historically speaking, you don't really see misogyny until Protestantism. Like mm -hmm. that, that, that really did not exist in the Christian world. You, you see it in a in a Muslim world as well, but there's. There's reasons for that. The Mohammedans have their own theology that that's fucked up, but but you you don't really see it in the West uh, reappear until after Protestantism, and, and and I really do think a huge role that that the reason why that happens is because they have absolutely no reverence to a holy figure that is female, mm -hmm. um, and so even the pagans at least had goddesses and they they had more respect Something, and reverence yeah, yeah to, to women. They had a female Protestants for example, does. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, Protestants don't. They, they, there, there is nothing sacred. There is nothing that that is like. I, I guess part of our yeah. salvation that that is feminine. It's mm -hmm. all pure masculine, and so the feminine just seems more like getting in the way of salvation. It's very gay. I actually yeah. noticed that, like, because <laughs> at my uh, at at my uh, Protestant school that I went to growing up, yeah. like they actually didn't allow the women to pray in public. You know, if, if there was yeah, going to be a prayer said in public, it was it was always by a man and only a man. Yeah, yeah you see that, especially like with a really hard right um, conservative hard Protestants, right. that they they do go that way. Or what 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 what, what he was saying prior was that, or they are just complete feminist um, liberals, yeah. but mm -hmm. they, they they really have no like coherent no, um, media. There's no way of unifying that. Or bring the side. There together. isn't. Yeah, yeah. Because they they have nothing there. It's all simply um, uh, just pure masculine. There's only Jesus, and and that's the only important figure for salvation. And so the women really have nothing. They have no orders for them. It's like it's, it, it's yeah. so weird to me that they they're so angry about like burkas and stuff. Yes, I know. Mm -hmm. And yet, the the way that the way that they, they view they, women, the, yeah, is, it's more coherent with like black trash bags in the desert. It is. Yes. <laughs> All the men should be ripped in speedos, and the yes, women yes. should be wearing literal black trash bags. Yes, yeah. I had a I had a Protestant I was talking with one time in person, and he said, "Uh, you Catholic Church is sexist. You guys are just sexist. You don't you have you just completely yeah. sexist. you don't let women be priests. So you're sexist. Also, you worship Mary." And that was his argument. <laughs> that was his argument. And I'm like, it can't be both, dude. You got you got to pick one here. Yeah, it can't. It was a dumb argument. This on you, deify a female. It was so stupid. Is it? Yeah, and you deify a female. They really make no sense just because they can't become priests. It's like, yeah, but women have orders. They have holy orders. Yeah, that the Protestants like, really have nothing. Like it's not yes. the woman. It's not a woman can't be a father yes like that's not yeah. because we're sexist we're just yes. stating what we're we believe to be an aspect of reality yeah but women have been great contributors in a church as much yeah. as the men were we, we have, have i think we have five female, female doctors, doctors. In church. yeah yeah we have five i think i think the has deliza was a catherine of siena catherine um, siena is one of them yeah Teresa. Teresa. Teresa of Libid was something yeah yeah 
Very of, of Avila. No, no, of no, no Teresa of Avila, and then Teresa of lives something. Right, uh, yeah, from like, yeah, like eighteen ninety or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little flower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, we've had female doctors. I'm pretty sure they were all nuns, I think. I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. Of course. They, they like, pretty yeah. much built Is there a non-priest uh, doctor of the church? No, I don't think so. Okay, so yeah, of course there yeah. is. But... The, 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 yeah. Basically, all the doctors of the church are going to be clergy of some sort. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was curious. <clears throat> they have chosen the better way, as Paul says. Every yeah. every time I've engaged a, a part no of fucking. Woman, <laughs> every time I've, I've engaged a part of woman on anything about uh, solacism, she's yeah. cried. Like every time, every time I talk to a part of woman about anything, like, or they cry. Cried. I know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what do it's, you mean? What do you like? Like your like, mom does. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like like it leads them into tears if you start. And talking then they completely about... forget everything that was said. <laughs> yeah, I just meant, damn, yeah, yeah. This is me. Damn, man, have a comment. Damn, man, have a comment. We both made our partisan friends' mom cry. Yeah. Like we both done. <laughs> I think I made her cry there. That was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was not you. Yeah, the proper job of a son. Yeah, yeah. Denounce me. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was like, and it wasn't even anything mean I said. Like she was saying, um. You guys, said, you guys, is. you guys worship the saints. You guys play as people besides Jesus. Like, why didn't you do that? That's dumb. Yeah. I said, well, have you ever asked someone to donate in prayer? It's like, yeah. I'm like, well, why? You have Jesus. Let's pray to him. <laughs> and, and then see this, see this all quiet. I'm like, that wasn't even mean. <laughs> it's never mean. I don't think I've, I've ever made a Protestant cry that me being actually mean to them. It's always a very just light comment it's, it's the same thing that the, the way the consensualists are it's like you you just make a truth statement and then they just blow up they want to like, kill you yeah it's like, okay fine whatever man very aggressive they're very emotionally attached to like this false worldview that they have because they've built they are, their entire yes. personality around it right so they and think that that i'm what is attacking it, what is them. It you say you're taking they're... their identity from them it's yes it's because they're losers and have nothing aside from it or something is what you said <laughs> yes, last night yeah yeah, 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 yeah I mean, that's your whole identity yeah yeah <laughs> essentially what i'm saying is like like sometimes i could i could sympathize with them i could i could honestly empathize because it's like i remember being stuck in a dead-end job I, re I remember not having yeah. control over my life that you know everything was controlled about the uh, controlled by the authorities outside of you there is a an allure to uh to to that ideology that kind of gives you a false sense of of uh, at least of hope for liberation it's like i'm going to mm -hmm. be liberated by all my masters yeah i mean that th that is a normal masculine quality that people feel right and i do think that that's why a lot of the mm -hmm. hardcore um uh uh, anarchists and libertarians are tend to be men because I, mm -hmm. I, I think it's just, it's just a masculine thing. You want to be freed from it. And, and, uh, and the one thing I, I honestly believe is that rather than being, rather than ascribing to an ideology that that is fundamentally incoherent, right? That the moment that they're going to begin to claim to, 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 to tell me that they're going to change the definition of monarchy to anarchy, they're going to change the definition of feudalism to anarchy, that virtually anything in which they want to appeal to is anarchy. It's like, okay, well, you're, it, it, this is so obscure and incoherent that there, there's very little that can be, yeah, there's very it's little that, that, that can be said. It, really is. it is. You know, and my so, favorite thing in the world yeah. is when I ask a woman why she thinks something and she goes, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. This happens so many times. Yeah. That's, so many. that's how it should be. But, 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 but I yeah. do think, I, I, I do think if they want to truly feel liberated, just they need to do something. Because mm -hmm. it's it's from that activity of mm -hmm. getting outside of, of whatever is holding you back that that you could finally actually feel what they're seeking within libertarianism mm -hmm. is that they could actually feel free when they begin to do th do things do things properly um, find proper order order in your life and mm -hmm. you know quit being a pussy 
and 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 then the, the, yeah. then you could finally have that. But it, the the moment that they keep bitching and being pussies about, you know, that they think that everything is aggression, they don't want to be aggressed with, you know, that that they live they could live harmoniously only if people could get away from them, the authority could get away with them. And by authority, they don't mean kings and dukes and duchess. They really mean people that Their they dad. like. Yeah, it's their dad, their teachers, their their bosses. You know, I actually the think they have the correct intimation at least that dukes yeah. and duchesses are a good order. Or in, oh, or yeah, definitely. In, yeah, and I do they have that intimation of yes, some of but them. But they refuse too. to they refuse to abandon the words they want to use. Yes, they yes, refuse yeah. to abandon the the wrong ideas that led them to be correct. It's just the words. Yeah. They'll they'll read they'll redefine the words to make the right ideas. They just lost the words. <laughs> I'm noticing like by the way i'm just noticing a pattern here and i, I don't quite understand this pattern yet but you yeah. guys noted earlier that uh you know like they, they have no like protestants have no mariology so they have no real way of unifying this you know kind of no feminine, way to aspect. feminine yeah. and how it should be and i and yeah. i've noticed that like you know libertarians like nine to one men it's like yes, they have no they way of bringing women in and, and that's not, yeah. by the way, and that's something you see. I also don't very... think that women should think about politics really ever. Wrong. Wait, 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 wait here. Because okay. this is what this is what's really paradoxical and interesting. Because you're okay. you're right, by the way. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> yeah, but here's what's really interesting about it in like just liberal politics is that anytime you have a political movement that is like nearly like like predominantly men or yeah. male. You know what? What ends up, ha you know, what it's like no, they go nowhere. It's the witness the when the women come into mm -hmm. the political movement, that is what ends up, you know, giving it some sort of social legitimacy. What's a, what's an what's a what's an example of that? Uh, libertarianism for one, it's like they have no <laughs> they have no women in there, so they have no legitimacy. So never, but, yeah, that's, so like, is that a necessary? Like, is that a necessary I, thing? Like, or? like fascism. Yeah, I, like, I do like, think. Like, I do is think it because women, women can vote? No, it isn't okay. for the voting of them. I no, think no, it's because, it's because the, 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 if, if women social legitimacy. No, because what? No, because what? It, what it signals is that oh, I can get pussy if I you know adopt this ideology, ideology, and that's where it ends up coming from. It's good because yeah. why do why do men go so, into politics so they it, can fuck? Is the necessity of women of women agreeing with the politics of men that they don't have to think about it? This just or no, it's them it. saying that it's it's the women recognizing that oh, this ideology has power. And I'm gonna like pursue the men who are going the after it. Yeah, that, that, that's it's what I was going to say. Power. Because like, yeah. like, like, like the good female normally just votes whatever the husband does. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, you exactly. don't really want her to kind of contradict her in what the what the family vote yeah. is. So libertarians don't have enough big dick energy to. For the they don't. Okay. The, by the way, by the way, Mises, well, yeah. the guy yeah, who Mises. libertarians love, that was his argument against giving women the vote. He just said, because to him it's inconceivable that women would ever vote anyway. That their yes, husband yeah. Didn't. Like in his world, like in his cultural world, yeah. it's like, yeah, we're just going to vote the way their husbands do. What the, f why are you doing this? You dumbass. It's just like, <laughs> you're just, you're just, it you're just doubling the vote for no reason. <laughs> yeah. You're just making it harder yeah. to count. Shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah. He just had like the best social takes. Like, like, he, was, yeah. yeah, he was way he called, he called Hitler gay. He said, uh, Hitler, yeah. Yeah, grew he up did. in uh, what's it called? Um, I know because I really do think Hitler was gay, but yeah, no, he said, fake, um, but... like, he I know, but you know what I mean. I, I think, I think he was a sodomite. I, I think he actually, yeah, because uh, yeah, Hitler worked man. for yeah. Vadolfus, uh, you know, government, Vadolfus dictatorship. I remember he also did work for the German government at one point, but he yeah. said, you know, he we did this research, a social research, and we found that these house, these uh, tenements built by the government were basically infested with gay men. And, Hitler, and by the way, <laughs> Hitler was. And by the way, Hitler lived in one of them for like three years. Come on, oh, yeah. There's this, and there's this the hole in Hitler's bedroom closet. <laughs> <laughs>
He also said yeah. how he ends the chapter, by the yeah. way. He also that... claimed uh, public, public school will separate ma- uh, kids from the family and breed sexual neurosis and degeneracy. Oh, really? One of his arguments, yeah. He had, nice. he had, yeah, which he is had true. Some, yeah, I think he, most he, intelligent he, people can know that, though. Yeah, but yeah. when was he writing this? It was, I think, uh, I don't know where it was from exactly, but the great if book. If he wrote it in English, it was um, post-1940s. If he wrote it in German, okay. it was before. Because yeah. after he moved to America, he actually did bother to write in English. So I, I can't find, but the book from uh, the Catholic guy yeah. who founded the Mises Institute, Lou Rockwell, um, oh, okay. he wrote a book called uh, Against the Left. And uh, yeah, it's just all about the left and against, and why the left are evil, pretty much. And he quotes Mises, Waspart, and Hoppe. Waspart had some great arguments against feminism. Oh, um, really? <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite one is... Um, when Negezi was a feminist, they often say, you men just can't get it, um, that you don't understand what women are going through. Goes, well, if that's true, if men just can't get it, why don't you just shut up? But they never, women never want to shut up. They want to keep browsing. Very Jewish of him. <laughs> yeah. had, like, why don't you just shut up? His, his words you had his problem, but when he was arguing against someone, he was very good at it. Like The books are yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he doesn't go into philosophy, he's actually really good. Yeah. His cultural criticisms are really funny. His uh, when he's talking about like economic, like polemical economics, he's a very, very good scholar in that sense. Like he'll have all the proper stuff. He's very, very good when he's not in like ethics, and when he's in ethics, he just completely fucks up. Like it oh, sounds. So he's, he's an economist, yeah. is what you mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. What was it? Um, in his education, free and post, where he lines out the history of education in uh, Europe, and he blames Luther and Calvin for all the problems above uh, schooling. Because they did, Good, they, which they, is uh, insane to me. Because his wife wasn't a Catholic; she was a she was Protestant. Protestant. And like eighty percent of his career on history, because he's actually a pretty decent historian, is just shitting on like American Protestants. Like yeah. it's unironically like eighty percent of it, and saying oh, the no, and saying a, the Catholics a, were correct. I have a sniper trained off camera with his crosshairs on my forehead, and if I give the signal, it'll shoot me in the head. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I've, just, I've just heard Rothbard like 10 times, and I'm... Oh, oh I see. I'm on the ledge. <laughs> the Jewish well, take me out. Brooklyn. Take me out. If I give the face, just take me out. <laughs> Rothy? But yeah, Mises Rothy? was a... Call him Mises Rothy? Rothy, being, uh, Roth. you know, very Roth, unique individual. Roth, baby. Hey, Roth, baby. <laughs> Lost child. He kind of looked like a baby. He did. Um, he, he, had he had the, the like, physiognomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a baby face. Yeah. He had the, Dude, the wide point... wonder of a newborn baby every time he was yes, photographed. Yeah. Jeremy's point about like the the uh, the anarchist uh, physiognomy is <laughs> yeah. like, I, oh, yeah. I can't stop saying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, of course their their ideology has to has to revolve around their consenting to things because they couldn't not they they don't have the option to like physically overpower someone. They're like exactly, what, yeah. what 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 moral and ethical framework can I devise so that I can convince people to do what I want because I won't be able to beat them up. Very Nietzsche genealogy of morals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the it's, ge- the, it's the genealogy of the it's it's, it's what is it? Is it underman, underman supremacy oh, right, or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Supremacy. That's that, that's what Hitler called the Jews, the intermensch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anarchists are all spiritual Jews. Spiritual Jews. Yeah, they're all Walter fucking block. Like we're not getting started on Walter Block. No. <laughs> we're not, I'm not doing that one. <laughs> when we take over when we take over an outlaw libertarianism, we're gonna keep him around as a court jester of libertarianism. Jeez, yes, yes, yeah, it's yeah. a Jews are all stand-up comedians. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> okay. they could be funny libertarians. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could yeah, see them dancing. And... Can you see Ace being funny? Oof. I listen to Slope Gang. He's not no. a Jewish. <laughs> he's, not he's actually not Jewish. He's spiritually Jewish. Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's still he's still. This doesn't that's have it. the correct it's... genetics to be funny. Oh, okay. No, the... <laughs> no but Block is funny. He was that's, why that's why they're all so angry is they have this, like, they're not ethnically Jewish, but they're spiritually Jewish, and there's a cognitive dissonance <laughs> that they experience every day. <laughs> they can't get pussy. They can't motherfucker by Murray Isn't Rothbard. This basically, the trans argument, by the way, I'm spiritually female and this cognitive dissonance between yeah, what I physically yeah. am and they're, what I spiritually am. They're trans. This is causing me pain. They're trans Jews. They're trans. Yeah, they're trans Jews. They should get like a nose job and like. Uh, <laughs> they're, then they're not anarchists uh, and they start working out. Isn't <laughs> <that> like. <laughs> I mean, anarchism is like, like all of his philosophers are like predominantly Jewish. Yeah. 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 There's, 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 a reason, yeah. there's a reason because Nietzsche was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I never start right here? <laughs> I remember when I we first, get no first was reading yeah. him how much how hysterically I was laughing when he was calling the Jews. Like, what do you, his main term was, at least the translation that I read was, um, Oh, fuck it was equivalent like, to pathetic but he he just kept using the term over and over again that the jews were just pathetic basically um yeah. uh, individuals that couldn't really rise against the the masters and so they had to trick the masters into believing that they're um yeah just evil <laughs> <laughs> but it's it seems like that, that that is what many of the anarchists the consensualists do is like yeah. they just want to invert everything yeah. rather than um rather than actually finding against it or yeah. Or, or so working I, on I gotta, person. So I got a question for uh, Grant Anzi over here of Contradentilas. Yes. You guys talk a lot about Aristotle, talk a lot about Aquinas. Yeah. What's your, what are you guys' views on Plato? Like, hmm. do we have any views on Plato? We never really I talk about nothing. him, but he's. Yeah. Uh, I, I find Plato relatively interesting, but I guess why I don't talk about him too much is, is that I think much of his errors were corrected by Aristotle. Mm-hmm. And so some some of the parts that I think him and Aristotle share, I just re- reference Aristotle, and the same way that I think ultimately I, I discuss more Aquinas is that I think he was a fulfillment of, of Aristotle yeah. as well. Um, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, my, that's my only comment. Is I yeah, I don't, I, not to sound too sarcastic, like why not just read Aristotle? Yeah, because you don't get Socrates. Like, like, also, there's the there's a style difference. I know that some people like stylistically prefer Plato because he wrote. In yeah, I think. Right. Uh, Peter yeah. Crafe, the Catholic philosopher, said that he pref- way prefers teaching Plato because it's more exciting. But Aristotle is like the correct version of everything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like reading Socrates. Like, I don't know why, yeah. why you would just read Socrates. You never wrote anything down. I know. That's yeah. what I mean. It's like I don't know. What... I know. He's yeah. like I mean, a figure. He's I, important. I, I, I read Plato only so I can read about Socrates. I got the complete work of Plato just so I can read about that guy. I think oh, the only yeah, reason yeah. I, I started reading Plato because the symposium yeah. is like my, I think the symposium is my favorite of, of Plato's Same. Mm-hmm. But my, yeah. it's incredible I think I've read it like five times now I, I, yeah. I love it my yeah. favorite is you for Fro only because despite mm-hmm. being really short the, fu- the it's I was cr- almost crying just by laughing because the end is this guy has a court judgment because he's accusing his father of killing someone and yeah. play and Socrates has taken up so much fucking time arguing about the, the soundness of his decision that the dude's like, okay, man, I've got to fucking go. Like I have a decision <laughs> I can't stay here. I was like, no, wait, come back. I haven't finished. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> No. I, I think Socrates is on his way to his trial too, but he doesn't give a shit. He's just there <laughs> <arguing>. <laughs> in 
front of a courthouse or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny mental image. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the, the, the text of Plato that I do reference quite a bit is really the symposium more than more than the other ones. Because yeah. I don't think Aristotle, at least none of his writings that were that were kept that weren't destroyed um really touches upon beauty much at all yeah um, yeah e- even aquinas doesn't really touch much upon beauty and so mm-hmm. i normally reliant on on um, plato for that because it, it's a really really good text um i i think it's one of the more interesting ones more one of the more interesting written ones as well and uh but yeah th- that's why my my former uh, Twitter handle was um, Skyly Amoris, the Ladder of Love, which is taken from Plato's Symposium. Rest in peace, pound me too. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes, yeah. Good now it's my other famous um, Greek Diogenes, and so yeah. way down Doctor Diogenes, <laughs> your fat baby <laughs> profile picture. Yeah. Probably what Diogenes looked like. <laughs> <laughs> you should just put that baby's face in like a barrel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder how much of him is legend and how much of him is actually true. Yeah, like um, there's no way to know. I know there is. Yeah, all is true. yeah. I believe all it's of history. it. All the, all of the funny ones are true. I just yeah, because because apparently him and uh, Alexander the Great died the same day. Yeah, just weird things like that. Like they both were like um, like two parts of the same coin in in that they both were the symbol of of like autonomy. Yeah. You know, but one of them was a symbol of autonomy because he could get anything he wants, and the other one is because there was nothing that you could give him. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. and so, like the way that they exist almost seems fabricated. Yeah. Like, 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 like there is this other side of 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 power that um that that he was the one person that uh that that um Alexander couldn't control. And there's like the famous quote of Alexander where he says, "If I if I could not be me." I would I would want to be Diogenes. <laughs> it's because he's the only other person in that kingdom that had just as much power as um a, a, as Alexander. That's precisely because there's nothing that like there's another quote. That I don't know if it's if it's um if it's true or not, but another uh, quote of Diogenes where somebody said, "If I could convince you to if I could convince you to give you food, would you take it?" And he said, "If I could convince you of anything, I would convince you to hang yourself." <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy really has a lot of <laughs> Diogenes. No, um, but history yeah. kind of has these ironies. I don't know if they die on the same day, but for example, the two most famous Stoic philosophers are Marcus Aurelius and Epitetus. Yes, and Epitetus yeah. was a Greek slave for like 20 years of his life before yes. he was freed by one of his masters. And I believe he had his leg broken because there was an order he didn't want to do. And he's like, okay, you can break my leg. I'm not going to do it. And then his leg got, they did break his leg. And then they sold him and he found a better master who actually educated him. But like he was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want with me. I just decided like whatever. So he yeah. calls his students whenever they ask him a stupid question, slaves, because they have the mindset of slaves that they can't think through this themselves. It's yeah. hilarious. Dan <laughs> Kennedy, who just keeps calling them slaves every time they have a stupid question. Well, we've gone for the earliest being the Roman emperor, if anyone in the audience, yeah, 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 one yeah, of the yeah, five yeah, emperors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've gone for two hours and sixteen minutes. Um, any, anything else y'all want to talk about to finish that bomb before we uh, wrap this up? I'm I'm good. I'm ready to wrap. My my bladder is beyond full, <laughs> 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 so we can we can end whenever you'd like. 
Or, or Caleb, you could make it go longer. Just make him wait a little bit more. Just so you know, yeah, like, like, if you're gonna, <laughs> like if you're going to be drinking before a podcast, you know, alcohol is a diuretic. You know, it makes you. Oh, happy. no, I'm very aware. Very aware. I, <laughs> I got I got this with Wendy left. I'm good to go. This is, oh. this is out. I had a bunch of coffee before I got here. So this Ooh. is just, yeah, I'm Ooh. not doing my What time is it in the left? Is it a. We started uh, at 2 4.52 p.m. Yeah, now it's 4.52. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's a 9.50 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. No problem. It's been a lot of fun. It was. Anytime. Uh, uh, just do plugs. Uh, Andrew, where can people find you at? Uh, at Popular Liberty underscore on Twitter. And you can find me at Politically Catholic on YouTube. Bokov, what are your plugs? Uh, I'm at available username or Bolkov's Behemoth. Um, I'm writing something for Ostrotomism. I think I've already written two articles there. If it's if the site is working, you can find it. It is. Uh, currently unaware of its uh, technical issues right now but uh yeah that's about it i'm just on twitter and occasionally i'll write something for Osho Thomas. i'm working on a book review right now awesome uh gwen Jamie, where, where can people find you at so if you search contra gentiles on any of the anywhere you listen to podcasts you'll find the show it's on youtube as well we did just start a patreon which i'll be linking from now on under the show in the show descriptions and also at contra underscore gentiles on twitter yes Okay. Oh, thank you everybody for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. We got nothing in the works coming up next. Um, go follow us on Twitter at Austriotomism and on well, online the website is uh, Austriotomism.com. So read the articles. I got a great article up on uh, why divorce would be illegal. So definitely check that one out. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Really good argument. <laughs> it is an unbeatable argument. You can't prove it wrong. I, I challenge Ace to prove it wrong. He never responded because he just can't is prove it, it wrong. Is it divorce is fake and gay? It's uh, yeah. divorce isn't real. Mark 16, 8. And then uh, the, uh, divorce led to Rousseau and Rousseau sucks. Therefore, divorce is wrong. That's the entire article. That's the entire article. That's beautiful. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. See you guys. Take care. Have a good night.